Hey everybody, welcome to the Begging Board episode <laughs> number 209. One just points. <laughs> I always point at the end. I'm John. And I'm Paul. I'm Chris. Yes. We I'm are. Sorry. That's who Paul, we are. Like, Paul really made me laugh at that. For a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being that we can get community bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to, coming out April 9th, 2014. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week we're taking a look at some of the comic books that came out in the month of March. We've got three books we're going to be talking about, all number ones from over at Marvel. We've got Silver Surfer number one, Magneto number one, and all new Ghost Rider number one. Yeah, it's, it's all gonna, new he, Ghost he's Rider. He's a speed demon. He is. Say. He is. Is. Why would you say Speed Demon? Oh, because we're yeah, drinking yeah. Speedway I'm Stout. I'm looking at oh. you. Dabbing my beer. I'm looking into those dick veins. <laughs> uh, we have some uh, beer from uh, Al Smith Brewery. Um, probably one of my favorite beers from them. Mm-hmm. This is their Speedway Stout. It is an Imperial Stout uh, brewed with coffee. And um, we have an aged bottle and a fresher bottle of it. And... It is just really delicious and smooth for a 12% beer. We're starting off with a fresh bottle first. Yes. To see what it's like, and then we'll check it out, how it's aged. And we have a ton of beer sitting in front of us, too. Mm -hmm. Big beer day. It happens. uh, We had a lot of talk about comic books ahead of you. But I really like it. Mm-hmm. It it really is. Uh, it's up. It's it's up there for stouts for me. It's in my top five. It's got a good coffee flavor, but it's not that overwhelmingly bitter. It's more yeah. like a sweet iced coffee kind of drink. But then you get that nice like, depth from the stout. The from the stout. Mm-hmm. That dark. That yeah, nice that, darkness. That dark, nice darkness, and I think the coffee adds that just roundness of flavor. Otherwise, it would just be that darkness on your tongue. No. And that coffee gives that. Full mouthfeel to it. Yeah. You know, a nice, you know, big, big mouth, you know, stout. Not bad for 12%. Yeah. I feel like the aged one, we're probably going to get a lot more of an alcohol bite on it, though. I think it's going to cut through mm-hmm. just uh, that, like, smoothness there. I'm it, afraid of It the says, aged one. one, I believe this is $6.99 or $9.99 for a bottle, which That's for what you're getting price. is a great price. John sees sometimes numbers upside down. No, I just can't remember because I I bought a couple things that day, so I don't remember what how much it was. Um, but John even was still, making it rain. It, uh, still, mm-hmm. under under twelve bucks for a twelve percent beer like this that yeah. is something that if you were just going to drink this bottle by yourself, you can sit and enjoy it for hours. Like yeah. this is a sip beer. Yeah. Like I like the stouts, and this one I'm I'm not going heavy on it because yeah, yeah. well you can't you don't need a lot like you don't but guys we got a lot of beer to get through and a lot of news to get through hey, also I'm, I'm working I'm I've been working on it we've been working on it much like uh people have been working themselves to death recently uh I don't know are you talking, <laughs> are you talking about the ultimate warrior yeah okay I didn't know if you were trying to go into something else or if we were going to talk about people that died first well we can go people that died because I always say get the death out of the way because that's sad news nobody will likes people that died well he's He's finally ascended to the fourth dimension, something like that. Oh, Returning no. to parts unknown. I never watched wrestling as a kid. He was crazy. I real, I like, always really liked him because he was so th- theatrical. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you? You've never seen like the crazy videos that he? Oh, dude, well, I didn't watch wrestling oh. as a kid. We'll have to watch also, these. 
There's also a comic book starring the Ultimate Warrior where he rapes Santa Claus. Oh. Is that who the what now? The Ultimate Warrior. In his comic book, he rapes Santa Claus. Why? Because he's a warrior and he's crazy. Was the actual Ultimate Warrior writing it, or was it like just somebody like would go visit him for an afternoon and then leave and be like, so this is the crazy thing he told me. Basically Tuesdays with Maury. Yeah, you're, you're correct. <laughs> you just see him like wheeling around in a wheelchair. Yeah. Um, no, that's sad. later. That's when we talk about comic books, John. It's- like. Talk about wheeling around in a wheelchair. It's always sad when a wrestler dies. Um, even sadder when we don't pick them for the death pool. This is the first year I think not all all three of us did not pick a uh, a wrestler for the death pool. He was only in his fifties, so kind of a surprise. Um, another celebrity who recently passed away, definitely not in his fifties, was Mickey Rooney. Yeah, he, he, best known for his racist portrayal and breakfast at Tiffany's. Well, he's probably known for, he's known for a lot other better things. Pete's than that. Dragon, yeah, Pete's Dragon's great. Awesome, and I want to watch Night it. At the, we were just uh, talking about that the other day. Night at the museum. Wasn't he? He was in the. That. He was in the Muppets movie. Yeah, he had he had a cameo. He had a cameo in the. This is one of the people the that's singing. Huh. Yeah. So yeah. Also, not picked for the Death Pool. Well, doesn't give you many points, you know, for the Death Pool. So no. you never want to see him die. This is the guy that picked Dick Clark. Yeah, well, you knew he was going. You just knew. <laughs> the only guy that I got any points on, I had to go for a sure bet. Right? But Mickey Rooney, uh, yeah, Pete's Dragon's probably the movie that I saw him in as a little kid that I remember him most in. I don't know much else. You know, he's, he's got, I mean, it's a huge career. He's been mm-hmm. in tons of stuff. But yeah, later in life, it was more just mm-hmm. random things here or there. Yeah. Yeah. How old was he when he was in Pete's Dragon? I don't know, because wasn't he like 90 when he passed away? Yeah, he was like He's probably... Pete's Dragon is from like 70s. Yeah. So... It was from 77. And when did... Who are we talking about again? Mickey Rooney. Uh, Mickey Rooney. Not Andy Rooney. He's also yeah. dead, though. Did he just born? recently pass away? Yeah, like, maybe, yeah. Like, he was 57, because he was born in 1920. That movie came out when he was 77. What movie actors are 57 now? Because there's something about being 57. Like, I don't think movie actors look as old as they used to. <laughs> you well, know yeah, what I mean? because plastic I, well, surgery. Oh, okay. Also... People just take care of themselves a little bit more now. Stallone and Arnold, they're in their 60s, aren't they? They're, they're, yeah. they're approaching 70. Brad Pitt is 50 even. Isn't, um, uh, Chuck Norris, isn't he like 60 something? I think he's 70 something. Okay. Like, <clears throat> people have just gotten healthier. Like, Tom Cruise is 51. Robert Downey Jr. just turned 49. Yep. Robert it, Redford's older than Sand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. He actually was the one that created the first Sandlot. He was. For the natural. Mm. Oh. No, uh, that was a great segue. The uh, Robert Downey Jr. birthday. He, yeah, uh, he turned uh, 49 on April 4th, which was also the release of Captain America. And for his birthday, he invited like 50 kids over to his house. It for looked like a, his par- the parents, the parents also. Too. Yeah, 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 well, 
He doesn't want to Michael. He doesn't be like, oh, he's just like Michael Jackson, just having kids over. Well, no, I know that. Uh, like, what's the guy that played Jack Sparrow? I am horrible with names today, and I'm so sorry. Sorry, what? The guy that played Jack Sparrow. Uh, Johnny Depp. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp I, I blanked out for a second. Holy shit. Went to a high school, uh, elementary or middle school as Jack Sparrow. Yeah. And took it all over, and they like watched movies. Yeah. Um, a girl who went to the school like sent him a letter, being yeah. like, "Hey." Will you come, basically, like, take over our school? So he got onto a plane, flew to this, like, I can't remember what town or city it was in, in, like, full Jack Sparrow. And, like, <laughs> they called the school on the way there and, like, told the principal, like, no, get everyone into the auditorium now. <laughs> and, like, he just showed up. Yep. So, you know, it could have been, like, that kind of situation yeah. where he invited kids <clears throat> to watch, but it's, like, in a school or, you know, and they get to the auditorium, so. But it looked, uh, from the picture that I saw, it looked like they were just all hanging out in their PJs. And... Yeah, he just, he had a, just a fun movie thing. And he is such a huge, per... he just is huge with the Marvel. Mm-hmm. He loves it. And he loves showcasing it. He loves talking about it. It's going to be a sad time when he's no longer part of the Marvel universe. Because yeah. <clears throat> he also just recently put out an article that he's like, at some point, I have to get replaced by somebody younger. I'm getting yeah. old. Not that I want them to, but yeah, it yeah. just makes sense that at some point you got to reboot it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. How sad is that? It is sad. Well, I, I say just let him go. Keep yeah. him on. Yeah. As long as he wants to do it, let him do it. Yeah, let the Marvel movie universe be the Marvel universe we've never seen where it actually has legacy in generations. What we... We're kind of getting that, though. I mean, you get some stuff in Captain America. Oh, wait, Paul, you haven't seen it yet. They haven't oh. seen it yet. There's, I heard, le- there's, there's legacy to it. There's, there's so many moments, too, where, like... Because Chris and I have both seen it, and they were like, oh, we should just go in and spoil everything for Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I heard there's uh, some mild, like, Civil War kind of uh, hints. Like, they're... No. 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 Not at all. Oh, okay. Anything else you heard? Let's 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 hear all the <laughs> things you heard, and we'll just say no. No, I, no. Well, we, no, we I, that's, that's the only. Thing. That's the only thing. Well, I'm that sorry. I read, you know, afterwards, like, hey, can we can Marvel make a Civil War movie? After, you know, after after you know Winter Soldier, can they do a Civil War movie? And I'm like, what? Could they? <laughs> Don't ruin things. <clears throat> Don't no, be rude. I want. Oh, I just want to say stuff. Let's change the subject. <laughs> Robert Redford. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Robert Redford? No. Um. In other movie news, um, it has been confirmed by Disney Studios chairman Alan Horn that filming for Star Wars Episode Seven has begun. Um, they're currently filming in Morocco right now. Uh, the screenplay is where it needs to be. He said, and then, yeah, but it's not. You know, I understand Epcot is awesome. But to say that they're filming in Morocco, but it's just being in the Morocco part of Epcot, I don't think it really counts. They've actually used uh, World Showcase to film stuff (laughs) before. The uh, Hulk Hogan show, Thunder in Paradise, that was all filmed at Disney World. (laughs) Really? Yeah, that's back when MGM Studios was an actual functioning uh, movie studio and animation studio. Like They filmed all the scenes for that show right on uh, Bay Lake there. Fun fact. How Paul, about the- Paul's trying to make jokes, and I'm like, well, Paul, they <laughs> yeah, did that. they did. It's called the truth, um, and I'll bring it to you. 
He's also uh, said that the screenplay is right where they need to be, and most of the casting is now completed. So they are going ahead with this. Right where it needs to be, not in George Lucas's hands. Basically, Ayo! people that know what they're doing are handling it. Hmm. Okay, that people who, last time they directed a movie, wasn't 1977. <sighs> Didn't he direct or, 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 direct, directorate? Directorate. Directorate. Didn't he direct? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Red Wings? You're, you're getting right there. No, Red he Tails? didn't. Red Tail. No, he directed that one. I think he just produced Red Tails. I have no idea. I want to ruin Captain America for Paul. <laughs> Stop <laughs> trying to ruin things for me. Uh. Borderlands, the pre-sequel, is going to be coming out, and it will ruin Borderlands for you. Now, no, if you like Borderlands, true. you're probably going to enjoy this game. Just announced um, from Gearbox Studios and 2K Australia. The next Borderlands game, which they are calling Borderlands Resequel, is the coming out fall. Yeah. Or yeah, sorry, pre-sequel. It's coming out fall 2014. Uh, it takes place before Borderlands 2, but after the original Borderlands. Oh. So more shoot and loot goodness. That's your kind of thing. Anthony Hemingway directed Red ah. Tails. Oh. I think he. I think he just produced it. That's looking exciting. The game will be released just on PC, Xbox 360, and PS3. You did not mishear me say that I actually got that right. Not Xbox One and not PlayStation 4. This will be a pre-sequel to, to the sequel that will be the next generation game. Well, to get it out that fast, they've probably been working on it for a while, just in the off time where they weren't working on DLC for Borderlands or Borderlands 2. So. And they're using everything like from the engine and everything from the previous game they just just new maps new characters finish your beer ball speaking of new characters are you guys looking for the new characters in goonies 2 mm, probably not i didn't know there's going to be new characters i thought he was just trying to get back off uh, the original cast and by he i mean richard donner yeah well here's the thing only one person has spoken up and said, like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally up for it. And who's but that? I, Corey Fink. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, it could have been um, anybody. No, I mean, this is... I think what we're going to have is it's the Goonies kids... Just need a splash. ...doing what they want to do now. What if you really the, like it? Well, then I'll test some more. Save the Goondocks. And John and I were talking about this earlier this week. I don't think it's a movie that needs to be made, and if you're going to make it, it doesn't have to be Goonies, dude. Yeah, it was an NES game that never needed to be made. No? Um, it, but it still got made in yeah. Japan. But this, the Goonies, the original movie, was a flop in the theaters. It didn't do well. In fact, the pirate ship, they auctioned off to try to make some money back. Because that was a full, like that end scene of the pirate ship sailing away. That was a full ship. Like, that all worked. It's all the uh, rigging and everything. And they couldn't even sell it at auction. Like, it did not sell. Yeah, well, it was the 80s. So yeah, was, yeah, cocaine-filled money. So. Cheap credit, cocaine millionaires buying whatever they want. And here's the thing. Cocaine <laughs> millionaires buying anything they want. Not <laughs> cocaine, though, because they got millions of cocaines. They, they, they already spent their millions on cocaine, and now they can buy whatever else they want. Because they're... <clears throat> 
drug-addled mind, so we're just like, whatever. Champagne drink. This cocaine. was pre-nostalgia, though. <laughs> a pirate Let's ship. A working pirate ship. Let's be honest. It doesn't matter. The Goonies isn't a great movie, but we remember it fondly because of nostalgia. No, I still watch it. I still watch it. Yeah, it's not a great movie, though. No. I love it. But it's not a great movie. Yeah, and now it, imagine it... But it's still the, good. In the 80s, though. like I watched it in the 80s. Yeah, but you're an adult in the 80s. What? No, what? Wait. This huh? real-time machine. Yeah. Okay, real-time machine. Now I go back to the 80s and watch you're, this movie that 30. I watched the whole time that no. I... Fuck you, Paul. Listen to me. I'm trying you're, to you're understand. You're 30, and you, okay. you see the Goonies. Okay. Or you see previews for the Goonies. Is that something you're going to be like, oh, man, I can't wait to go see the Goonies. Uh, Pay okay. my $4 for a movie. Well, thing. We went we went and saw yeah. the um, Super 8. Super 8. And that's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, yeah, I, I watched previews for Super 8, and I, that was, what, three years ago, right? Yeah. And I was 27, not 30. But I was super excited for that movie. Because I'm like, dude, Cause it, looks it looks like, like the Goonies. Goonies. <laughs> and those are the movies that I liked. E.T. slash Goonies slash... But, like I said, this is pre-nostalgia, though. Like, you don't have that Goonies to be like, oh, that's like the movie I liked when I was a kid. Yeah, but I would still have E.T. That was a good movie that came out real recently, and Mac and me, to a lesser extent. Yo, and <laughs> really? Play to the Navigator. Play to the Navigator. Play to the Navigator was great. Yeah, but... I think those are better made movies. The than Explorers. Th- that's yeah. same thing with kind of kids. It's not. A, it's not a good. But those it's, all of those movies were coming out, and they were doing well for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, think I, I, isn't I, 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 as for, well done as those movies, though. For Chris's for Chris's point is, Goonies is not something that an adult wants to go see when it came out. It's something that, you know, when it was airing on TV and you were a little kid and you're watching it. Yeah, same thing with Star Wars, you know? First time I saw Star Wars was it playing on USA when I was eight years old. And going, oh, what? A lightsaber? And running around with, like, a backpack on my back because I'm like, it's Yoda. I'm doing my Yoda. I'm doing my my yoga sizes. I'm doing my uh, Jedi training. And then trying to, like, throw stuff at my sister with my mind. With, I don't think it's a surprise that Goonies didn't do well at the box office. I love how the Force actually caused kids to behave themselves just to make them think really hard. Maybe I can throw something at no, myself. Because I was just like, if I'm mind. a shit, if I'm a shit kid, I'm going to the dark side. Yeah, that's even better. Yeah, you get more powers. <laughs> that's something from. I don't know if. Was the powers thing really something that they described a lot in the movies, or is that something we we kind of attribute because of all the video games that came out? Uh, being Wars. able to move stuff, throw stuff, Jedi mind trick, like yeah. all that stuff's they in those powers. original movies. Yeah, yeah, but that's not dark size powers versus light size powers. Those are all force, force lightning. Powers. Yeah, yeah. We can assume that Vader can do the Jedi mind trick. Mm-hmm. You can assume that if Luke. You know, study a little bit more. He could do the chokes do the, a bitch. Do the horse lightning too. It's not. Is it really a dark side power versus a light uh, force power? Force power. It's a force power because Yoda does it too. Yeah, but that was that's in the new trilogy. Yeah. yeah. He absorbs it and like does a you know makes it into a ball and then shoots it back out. Yeah, but like he shoots it out redirect. lighter. It's like that silvery blue. Mm-hmm. He does shoot out lightning. 
issues later. Okay, what other news do we have? Well, are you looking forward to Gremlins? Really? It's a Gremlins 3? That's No, it's no, a Gremlins, Gremlins remake. remake. Gremlins the original batch? Is just, that what they're going to call it? Because no, if they don't, so, that's just well, bad. It was, it's mentioned also in the same story that they talked about Goonies 2, because this is from Warner Brothers, like also saying, and we also have a Gremlins remake in the process as well. It's not going to be good if it's CGI. It well, works it's because going to, it's, it's puppets. It's, it's gonna going be. to be. <laughs> it works. I like it because it's the puppets. The thing it, is, here's the thing, it, it, it works for what it is. If you want to see, if you want to see puppets, you, you're gonna have to go to the Muppets movies. Now. <laughs> if and 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 on the same line with Goonies too, if it's a well done movie, then I don't mind seeing it. If it looks like they know what they're doing, they get the heart of it, they're able to do this, then yeah, I'd go see it. But right now, I think it's stupid and I think it's going to suck. And you don't know until the people are attached to it, you yeah. know, who's going to do this, who's going to do that. You know, you don't know. But at this point, no, I I don't want to see those. I don't want to see sequels. I don't want to see remakes of something like that. Oh it's God. like if somebody was like, oh, we're going to do a remake of Back to the Future. It's like, no, you can't. It just doesn't work. little Paul trivia. Gremlins was the first movie I ever went to the theaters to see. I was one, and uh, I was taken there by my uncle uh, with, uh, my little, with my older brother, Ryan. I, I just looked up Goonies, and it did $61 million. Like total lifetime well, gross. Well, lifetime gross. Yeah. It did nine million dollars opening weekend. Okay. It was ranked like number two. I thought I always heard it was kind That's, of a flop, but it wasn't. Well it received. was the number nine, like biggest opening of nineteen eighty five. So that's not bad. So here's the movies it was behind: Witness. Jewel that's of the Nile, Cocoon, Out of Africa. Jewel of the Nile is a great. The color movie. purple. Rocky Four, Rambo Part Two, and Back to the Future. Wow! So yeah, yeah. M- movies it beat: Spies Like Us, which is <laughs> yeah. great. Police Academy Two, Fletch, a View to Kill, European Vacation, Breakfast Club, <laughs> Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It beat E. T. Wow! Yeah, Saint Elmo's Fire, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, Commando, Teen Wolf, One Hundred One Dalmatians. Reissue. Wait, Commando and Teen Wolf came out in the same year? Nineteen eighty-five. Man, Jeff Loeb had a great year. Nineteen eighty-five. So, yeah, Jeff Loeb. Yeah, I think he wrote both those movies. Really? Yeah, pretty sure. I might be wrong. Teen Wolf and Commando. Let's see, Teen Wolf. Oh. Jeez, it's the MTV series. I don't want to... No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Movie. Come on, Google. Know what I'm going to look for. Director... But so. in remaining okay. uh, upcoming movie news, uh, Drew Goddard of Buffy and Angel fame, most recently, you might know him from doing Cabin in the Woods, has oh. been talked about writing the Sinister Six movie for over at Sony, spinning out of uh, Spider-Man. But now, rumor has it that he's also going to be attached to direct. And after seeing Cabin in the Woods, finally, like... It was I, really I, good, right? Yeah, it was really it's good. It's really good. It was just... I, I always wanted to watch it, just never got around to it. Because mm-hmm. it, it starts off, and I'm like... I was watching it on Netflix, and, like, that first full part, 
where they're just like tooling around and I'm like, wait, it's the guy from the West Wing. Why is he in here? <laughs> the jerk from uh, The Adventures in Babysitting. Uh, why, why is he in this? I, he's not listed in this movie. Netflix got the wrong movie. Well, like, I must have hit play on the wrong movie. I went back and checked, and I'm like... What I, hurt I, it for me Netflix. is the fact that I waited so long to see it, and then I heard people talking about it, and everyone's like, oh, man, the twist, the twist. You're told right at the beginning what the twist is. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as I started watching, I was like, oh, like, they're manufacturing this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's what it is. Had I not heard all that, like, it would have been... Something I probably would have appreciated a little bit more in the moment of watching it, but it was still I, really good. I thought the twist, the real twist was that they all died at the end. And by they all, I mean, mean the world. All. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they can't do a sequel. I'm like, well, I guess that's it for this. Because it was pretty cool. It was yeah. fun. Um, also in Spider-Man and Sinister Six related news, composer Hans Zimmer, who's doing some music for Amazing Spider-Man 2, um, was doing an interview and said that they already did the Sinister Six theme, mm. like score, because you know they're in the movie. They they have their own score. Yes, <laughs> like each character, or just no the uh, Sinister, Sinister Six, Six theme theme because oh. they're in the movie. Ooh, Rhino has the cool beating jungle th- drums. Well, Electro, he- of course, has an electric guitar riff. Well, if you think about it, it's already like you have. Green Goblin's in there, which he's, you don't really think of him oh, as both. a Sinister Six, but you have him as the villain, you have Rhino and Electro. I mean, that's mm-hmm. three villains, so we've seen Vulture Wings and we've seen Doc Ock's arms, so you throw in one more person, that's yeah. your Sinister Six. And there's also a new Amazing Spider-Man like viral site, almost like they were doing before with um, like the Electro Dark Knight yeah. and stuff. Well, they did the whole like, thing with them, uh, Electro something. I didn't see any of those. Those where they pre-release the uh, Super Bowl ad on the website. Super Bowl had it on the website. The Super Bowl ad. They pre-released this, their Super Bowl ad on their website before. The Super ah. Bowl. Was okay. it done like by Electro kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I didn't see that. Maybe I didn't. I don't remember now. <laughs> but it's um, it, uh, the website looked like it was. Um, Harry Osborne's or the Osborne's desk. Mm. You know, it was an obscure desk, and you could pull up like the files, Uh and then you could see like they had little snippets each day, and then eventually it became just a trailer, from what I remember. But uh, new website making mention of Venom and Carnage, well, um, and uh, Vulture as well. There is there's that rumor that. Jim Carrey is going to be playing uh, Cassidy. He'll be playing Carnage, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to see him. He was on set for like one day, and when they go into the Ravencroft thing, Ravencroft, you might see him there as the serial killer. But didn't he have? Didn't Jim Carrey have a hard time promoting Kickass because of the violence? Yeah, the violence. So why would he want to then portray a serial killer? Of, yeah. I'm just saying that's that is that's. The Didn't rumor. he learn anything from? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what he was complaining about. Really, when you see that movie, it's I mean, it's a movie called Kick Ass. Like it's not like 
gratuitous violence. It's there's violence in it. Uh, it's not like he did a movie called Gratuitous Violence. That would be crazy. <laughs> Why don't we write a movie called Gratuitous Violence? Because it would be way too awesome. <laughs> and, and, and we both have trouble saying it. How do you pitch it when you're like, gratuitous violence? Exactly like that. <laughs> he sold me. <laughs> let's let's find Orion Films and pitch it to them. They'll do anything. <laughs> did Mac and me. Oh. Horrible Orion Films. Well, that's all I got, but... What about this beer that we Uh We cracked open the 2012. Uh, it actually even might be a 2011 vintage. The date <laughs> I did not see printed on this, but I bought it in February of uh, 2012. So it actually could be a 2011. Wow. I thought uh, this was more recent than that. I thought it was like last year. Well, I bought it last year in, 2000, in February of 2012. So I'm just saying is... There might be, because last last year was 2013 though. Yeah. Last February was. Yeah. Because you said you bought it in February 2012. I'm sorry. It's February February 2013. Okay. (laughs) And that it probably is from 2012 because of so close to the end of the next year. Like the bottle here, the fresh bottle is from. November 2013. Okay. I was like, this is older than we thought then. It's still good. You still get those coffee notes. It's a lot smoother, and you don't get as much of that coffee. No, but it's still a real yeah. depth of flavor. It's not as still alcohol the... heavy as I thought it would mm-hmm. be either. I get a lot of caramel almost notes at the very end. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, say aftertaste. Yeah. And you got that on the nose with the fresh one, that mm-hmm. kind of... Yeah. caramel burnt kind of smell so this one you're kind of getting what the the fresh one smelled like you're getting that as just the flavor mm-hmm. the taste i'm liking it a little bit more i think it's a little bit more complex i think i you know um it's mean it's, i might just be wrong no i think stupid. it's i think it's sweeter like i'm drinking this one a lot faster than i did the last one mm-hmm. Like, I'm drinking this one a lot slower because I'm really enjoying like the every sip getting that full flavor on my tongue. I just want more of it. <laughs> we had like almost full glasses. I know. But yeah, it's kind of on the side of your tongue. You're like chalky almost. Uh, it's something that they say that can be aged up to 24 months. So I, I propose we buy more bottles of this and age it for 24 months. Yeah, for like right. six or nine bucks and... Anywhere within that price range, that's not that's, a bad price for a bottle. That's a promise to the listeners. I don't know if I can make. <laughs> well, we've really our our beer that's cellar like is really depleted. I know, and so uh, why not start like four or five beers a week? <laughs> but man, we could stop the podcast after the beers are depleted. <laughs> what? What? Why would you want no, to stop? We always buy more. That's true. <laughs> never, never stop. stop the podcast. I mean, Chris and I just do a lot of drinking just without you, Paul. <laughs> I've been drinking a lot this week. <laughs> I had a... This week I had a Groundbreak and a Lepat Blue. Uh, I had a Gemini. I had a Flower Power. I had that Oarsman from Bell's uh, Chill Wave. And had two chill waves that night. I had the horseman. I, I have some vanilla ice cream, 
and I've kind of been wanting to. Be- oh my god, we should put a vanilla ice cream in this beer. That'd be really good. Uh, but I was I've been wanting to make just uh, white Russians instead of vanilla ice cream. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. So I got Kahlua and I got the Irish whiskey. So. Or Irish uh, cream. I think it's almost time for us to make another bag and board signature cocktail. It's been like a year and a half. Well, you know, we would have to get back on the YouTube. I know, we would that. have to get back on that. <laughs> yeah, so. Maybe during the summer when we find yeah, out when we finish nice our background. We, we usually do it in the summer anyways. Right. But yeah. Or do we want to keep going into the next section or do you want yeah. to finish this and... Um... What, 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 what other news do we have? I got nothing. I, I talked about my uh, Robert Downey, and you mentioned Borderlands. Borderlands. Yeah, so I guess we're good. Other than, you know, uh, it looks like Amazon is going to buy Comixology. Uh, it looks like the acquisition is just waiting for approval, and it looks and their Amazon is looking to have it finalized before the end of the second quarter, which is this quarter. It's interesting. Um I don't know how that would actually affect Comixology. Like, I see it being a smart move for Amazon, who's already getting into the digital market with, mm-hmm. um, like, the Kindle and everything. Like, they have a good corner on that. Yeah. So why not add something else that, you know, hey, maybe you'll be able to actually shop for Comixology books directly on Amazon, subscribe stuff that way. Well, what would be really nice, too, is, <clears throat> like, if you're like, oh, I'm on Comixology, you know what I'd really like is the hardcover of this or the a hard copy of this, and you can just order it right through Comicsology, and they'll ship it right to you from yeah, Amazon. That does make sense. Like that would be that would be a really nice mm-hmm. thing. I would like I would like the interface to be a little bit a little bit better on uh, Comicsology because right now I have such a hard time. Like I want to browse through the whole month's offering of comic books, and you can't. Uh, you know, see. after it's, you after get... the first two weeks, you know, if you you don't log in <clears throat> after you know. The new offerings, see, like, go to featured, you can't find, like, anything. So then you gotta be like, no, this is the books that I normally buy. So it's really hard to find something new if you're not there every Wednesday looking at the new releases. I um, am, though. Yeah. See, for, like, cause what I've done is I was in the same kind of situation where I mm-hmm. wanted to go back and buy stuff. After you buy a book and you have it, yeah. you know, download on your device, if you go to the title, yeah, that's how I could do like, it, but I couldn't find, like, if it's a number one that came out, let's say, the first week of March, mm-hmm. and I knew it came out, like, oh, it came out early March, but I don't remember the exact title. Ah, uh, wow. how do I find it? You know? And it's like, I can't search by date. You know? I can't. Yeah, some of the searching stuff, it could be a little bit better, but, I mean... If you have some idea of what you're into or that, like, I think you can figure out what you're looking for, mm-hmm. you know? And it, it just, in a, as a browsing, like, when you go into a comic book shop, you can look around for hours and then be like, oh, look, I found this, or I found mm-hmm. that, or I've always wanted to read that. It's a little tougher to browse in, um... In in the app to do yeah. that. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to start at A and then scroll through everything that starts with A. Like, there's a lot of stuff on there. Um, like what I've been doing is just going, like, by publisher. And the thing is, like, 
DC has three different. You go to my yeah. publisher, and it's three different ones. It's like it's DC, like, DC the New Fifty Two, and then DC Universe, and it's like I have no yeah. idea what any of this means right now. Like which one's which? Like, yeah, I like when it's some. I've started adding stuff to that wish list, mm-hmm. which That's is like, weird. oh, this is something that. I don't want to read right now. I don't want to buy right now, but I'm interested in click, click, put it in my wish list. And then every once in a while, I check my wish list and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm looking for something I wanted to read. I don't have anything. I'll grab this. You know, and that that last page, I think they missed an opportunity, like really love how this story is written. Click here for more from the same writer. Really like the art. Click here for more you on can, the same. Well, they part. have yeah, they have stuff it. at the end. They yeah, have it's like the books you might also like, and it's three books. Or and if it's a series and you're reading if, like a past issue, it'll say you want to buy the next if one. You go to like, like that's fine. If you hit the information icon, mm-hmm. it brings up like the summary of the book, but it also says cover by written by, and then you mm-hmm. can just hit it yeah, from you, there. Yeah, you yeah. just click okay. those people from but there. But I'm just saying on that last page, instead of just giving me the three recommendations on the bottom. You know, and rate the book. Like it should have that kind of. It should have that information again, so I can click on the writer and artist. Yeah, you know, I, I would agree with that. I mean, the thing is, is I think they have their work cut out for them, getting all these books mm-hmm. ready and maybe for being absorbed into Amazon would help with this kind of stuff. That's yeah. what I'm kind. Of, that's where yeah. I'm kind of going with that. Amazon's yeah. nuts with how stuff's mm-hmm. linked together. Yeah. Like, Everything mm-hmm. can be traced back to like one book. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, but no, I, I, I just like I don't want it to be. I don't want it to get harder. I want it to get easier. Right. And I don't want to be like, oh, I can. I want to buy my comic books, but I got to get Amazon bucks or something to do that, or go on here to do it. Like Amazon I just doesn't have Amazon bucks. Yeah, they want saying, your money no matter how they yeah. can get it. They're I, okay with that. <laughs> I just want it, you know, I want it. If anything, they're going to find a way to take more of your money. <laughs> yeah, with having exactly what you said. Like, you liked it digitally? Want to buy, buy the hard copy? We'll send it to you. If they, Going up for Prime. If they want to make me very happy, offer me the actual, like, hard copy for the price that they sell it online. Like, mm-hmm. I just bought Runaways Volume 1 mm-hmm. for $1.99. If I could have bought that physical for $1.99... I'm fine with paying like eight bucks for shipping because it's still cheaper than buying the actual trade somewhere. Uh, yeah, I picked I picked it up too when I saw that that was on sale because I've I've actually yeah. never read Runaways and you guys talk so highly about it and also it's Brian K. Vaughn who's a, a writer that I do really really mm-hmm. like so yeah I had no problem picking it up for a was it a dollar ninety nine or three ninety nine? It was a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, you can't even get a grand slam for that price. It, it was like you can't even buy a Marvel book for that price. Buying because those issues were like a dollar ninety nine when they came out, so it was the same price for one single for, issue for as, one issue as it was for the six of the first volume. Yeah, it's all digital. That's mm-hmm. money that they don't have to put into to get out. Well, there's still money that doing the scams and you know yeah, but. Up. They have that already sitting there. Like it's already been scanned, and it's not like it was a brand new release. But they put it up for a dollar ninety nine, and how many people probably bought it? Just well, two. Because exactly, well, like yeah, but it's it's they, it's two people who get that first volume, yeah. and then if they like it, 
yeah, they really didn't like it, they can get volume two, volume three for the normal price. Yes. And I understand this whole Mr. marketing. Right. I understand it. I guess exactly. I I need to check what's on Steam right now. Lock, oh God. Lock and key. I picked up for five ninety nine for the first trade, which I really liked. The next <laughs> volume was six ninety nine. I was like, oh, I'll get the next volume for that. Yeah. And then the next one was like eight ninety nine. Is like ah, two more dollars. I won't do that. And then like the next one was like ten. And I was like, well, I actually really like the series. So ten ninety nine. That's not bad. Little did I know how I had just had to wait till uh, Omega came out and everything would be on sale, and I could buy it all the volumes for like three ninety nine. But wait, you didn't want to wait. You I didn't. I I I blew through that series like crazy. And here's the thing, with guys. Me. I could buy Goat Simulator later for nine ninety nine. Why would you do that? Because I've heard great things yeah, about Goat Simulator. Is that the uh, one where you just like throw, you're throwing the goat, or you're blowing up the goat? Well, you're a goat. And Let's take a can, pause because this, this episode's gonna get really long really quick. <laughs> and you can what you can do is bite things, and when you bite them, they lose like all. Like weight to him, so basically it's like Yoshi. Your tongue is yeah. kind of wrapped around it, and you can this drag stupid, like cars you behind you. And there's apparently uh, no, a uh, red I like circle. It. I don't like it. Where uh, nope. it says "Bring no me a sacrifice," and you can like grab people, and then you become a demon goat god. No, don't like it. Sounds awesome. No, you can sit on the demon hey. goat throat. Hey, you- what's up? The book that you're looking forward to, uh, April 9th, does it have anything to do with goats, Paul? Well, it has to do with Chris, what are you looking forward to? the greatest of all time, a.k.a. a goat. Greatest of all time. No, but X-Factor just came out this week, Paul. <laughs> no, no. I'm not excited about X-Factor. I'm excited about Batman uh, going on forever, eternally, as you will. Uh, and this is being uh, written kind of by Scott Snyder and Scott Tinian, or Earth James Tinian. James Tinian the fourth. Um, there's two other. Ah, oh, I'm blanking out on who else is writing it now because it is a four-part writing team. Each writer is working together and handling separate arcs hmm. for it. But this is our new weekly series from over at DC Comics. Yeah. Um, first issue came out this week, and then I'm excited to see where it goes. It's. We got the little taste of it uh, back with Batman number 28. Yeah, it was like the Flash Forward. Or 27, the Flash Forward, which was a tie-in to Batman Eternal. And uh, from then on, I'm like, I don't know. Weekly Comics from DC, they haven't worked since Wednesday Comics. and But now I'm like, you know what? With these four writers, I, I think they could handle it. I but think here's they the can thing. do it. Dude, it's also it's a different type of book. It's not them trying to tell some big, broad, sweeping story. It's a. It weekly... seemed like a pretty broad, sweeping story with the whole new Gotham Underground and Bluebird. Well, that and... was. Have you you haven't read the new one yet? Have no, you? no. Okay. No, we ha- haven't because well, we've recorded this episode. I have no idea. Time machine. Don't, don't lie. Like we're recording this on Thursday. Like the book already came out, and yeah. it's not being done in that like oh man here's everything at once like right. that batman issue was very much a teaser about what was going to be coming over the next year uh-huh. um because it's a much more grounded batman story hmm. yes batman. i agree turn off the dark right there um john is there anything 
that you want to talk about with Batman Eternal? Because this was also, we fought for this. We didn't fight for it. You were just having, you were struggling to find another book. Um, And this was pretty much the only book that I did purchase um, this week. Um, And I'm looking forward to it because it is, you know, it is going to be a weekly book, so you can... It's, it's not something that you have to wait a month for the next part of the story. And the story is going to move a lot, I think, a lot quicker. It was very much like a... It's basically a Marvel uh, book. We remember our discussion earlier about this issue. Yeah, I, but I think... But you're going to get those arcs in a, you know, in a month. Over four weeks. Over four weeks than you are, like, four months. Yeah. Or two months if it's a Marvel book. But it's not. It's a DC book. Yeah. Um. But I like. It is something that I'm. I am looking forward to. I am interested in seeing where this is going to go, and it's not the strongest issue to start. Like okay. uh, off the start, and I think this is something we can wait for for our look back. Our look back to really get into it. Month. Yeah, in, we'll in, in two, issues. in like two, three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a good starting point. It's a nice setup to get things going, and it is something where I think these guys are writing and they're saying, "Well, no, they're gonna get the next part next week." So it might start out a little slow, but it's the setup, and then the payoff is in. Next week or the week after that, and or in a year because it's a year-long series. <laughs> it's going to be fifty-two of these Batman Eternals. Yes, yeah, weekly book. Well, well, you don't just because it's weekly doesn't mean it's going to go on for the full I, year. Weekly gonna, comics went on for twelve. I'm going to weeks. I'd imagine it's going on for okay. yeah, quite a while. Hmm. Because um, in interviews, like they've already talked about how they plan on working everything out. Like each writer will be handling an arc, but they're still working on the overall story. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to explain how Batman, you know, is how he got Eternal. Yeah, yeah. This, you know, he's basically a living weapon. You don't take that from me, Paul. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris. You're not allowed to take that from me, Paul. He's, he's basically. A living weapon. Well, Chris. the book I'm looking forward to coming out this month, uh, or this week, um, he is... strikes with iron fists. Is actually... Uh, iron! It's a book that I've actually ordered twice through my comic book shop and didn't get. And, uh, it's gonna, it's <laughs> being... so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, and it just got released digitally, and it probably is the way I'm going to end up getting it, um, unless uh, I can get it through Amazon. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, but this is Jim Henson's A Tale of Sand. Uh, this was actually written by Jim Henson. It was a uh, movie script that didn't get into production before he passed away, but it was something that was uh, finished and ready to go. And another writer came in just to tweak it, to get it to com- comic book form. 
Um, and then uh, uh, Raymond Perez came in and did the art for it. It's won three Eisner Awards. And it's something that it is somebody who I do love Henson uh, properties. I love the Muppets. I love the Labyrinth, uh, Dark Crystal, even the Storyteller series that was on HBO I used to watch as a kid. He, he is a master of at least seven realms, right? Like, Jim Henson is a master of like, seven forgotten cities. Paul is just... <laughs> he's he's, so he's grasping today. at straws here. Oh, I'm sorry, did sad. I ran to you over with that? Oh, that was the worst. <laughs> I feel like we can't even talk to Paul for the first time. Why are we friends with Paul? No, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm looking forward to you <laughs> buying this book so I can read it as well. Um, and I think this is something that Paul might like too because it does. The look of the book is very Craig Thompson esque. Oh, like with the art, like because sometimes like that last some of the uh, later stuff that came out from Jim Henson that like no what was the it wasn't nowhere it's what was it the girl that was kind of asleep and she you know was drawing on her wall but. Mirror Mask? Was it Mirror Mask? Was that, that was Henson. That was, uh, that was, um. Like this Jim Henson after Jim Henson kind of stuff. Yeah, you Mirror know? Mask was the Henson company yeah. working with, uh, Neil Gaiman, Gaiman, and then, uh, what's the artist that was, that did all the covers? Dave McKean. Dave McKean. Okay. Yeah, so see, it was, there's... it was just Henson going off of Dave McKean's sketches to bring that stuff to life. Okay. See, there's, yeah, been stuff like that where I haven't enjoyed. And but I'm that's, not, that's okay. not Jim Henson. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, it's got the Henson name. It's the Henson Company because they okay. did the special effects. They made the oh. creatures for it. Yeah. The creature, okay. co- the creature the company. Company. Okay. Like Ninja Turtles. Yeah. It, it. Yeah. It wasn't Jim Henson. Jim Henson didn't didn't create that, and then years later it get made. Okay. So yeah. This is something that when they were cleaning out the workshop, they found the finished script and notes and everything ready to go into production, and then Jim Henson got that infection and died. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it was something that would have been a movie in the 80s, but because Henson passed away, it never got made, and they found it, and they brought it to life. And it's an interesting... It's a guy that, like, he... Like, he goes to bed one night, and then he wakes up in this kind of dream world, and it's him trying to get out of, like, this dream world. Oof. I'm always nervous oh. when it's dream world. <laughs> There's something about dream he's try- world. He's trying to find a way to, like, bring that back to iron. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know it. Do you think he ever dreamed about having fists of iron? <laughs> well, it's funny you mention that, John. <laughs> Oh, what an awesome segue, Paul! That was a great segue, John. You're gonna fist fuck you with that. <laughs> Ferris fists. <laughs> fist um, of fury in your butt. My my book, if you can't tell, is uh, Marvel. Two that I totally pick something different. <laughs> Go with Duke. I'm going with. Go with all new Dupe number one. Um, it's Iron no, that you would have duped us all. Oh, oh. I'll stop. <laughs> Um, it's Iron Fist, the Living Weapon Number One. This is written and drawn by Carrie Andrews. Um, what we have here is an Iron Fist story, but it's also the origin of Danny Rand. This is kind of the untold story of him um, growing up to become the Iron Fist. Hmm. And 
you know, Time Machine, the first issue came out yesterday. I read it this morning, and it's what I would want the Iron Fist book to be, like, after reading that awesome Matt Fraction stuff. The, like, it's the Brewbreaker great... Matt Fraction. It's... Immortal Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. And it's a writer-artist tapping a book that he loves and wants to handle like he's a writer and artist doing it and using every, like bit of his arsenal to tell this story and there's a nice little write-up in the back from carrie andrews about what really inspired him to do this and it was going into the comic shop as a kid and picking up like a jim stranko a nick fury agent of shield book and just like this was all done by one person like really experimenting and messing around with storytelling and not everything made sense, but it worked together still. And he's looking to kind of just push that out there and have it be in the like mainstream Marvel universe again. Um, and I loved it. Like I'm very excited to see the next issue of this, and it's definitely one that we will be talking about in our April look back. Uh, I started reading the beginning of it, and I do I enjoy the art look of the book. I only got it, like three pages in, but I really like that folded up creased kind of look to it. Not to like completely talk about this book that we'll be discussing in a month. Like we did with Batman Eternal. It definitely fits in with those kind of more pulp grounded Marvel books that we're getting right now, like your Daredevils or your Hawkeyes. Like and it, it reads well on that table. But it's not like oh, they're doing that with art, so let's copy that with art kind of look. It's got its own its own look. You know, it's not like that Chris Omni, um, uh, who's the guy on uh, Hawkeye? The art. David Aja. David Aja. It's not that look. I, I'd say it's the way he jumps around from panel to panel or page to page, depending on where he's at in the story. It's something along the lines of almost what you would get from J.H. Williams III. It's not okay. like that style of art, but he's using... The panel breakdowns? Or? Yeah, it's not so okay. much the panel breakdowns, it's not so much the way he draws, but it's using different art styles to tell a different story based in a different time. Okay. Like, you can tell where you are based on how he's drawing stuff and the way everything works. Because he's doing it all himself. He's writing it, drawing it, inking it, coloring it. This is a one-man show. And he's using everything that is in his ability. He's using everything he can, his know-how, to deliver just interesting art and an interesting story. So it's one I'm looking forward to reading more. And it's one I'm actually looking forward to being able to talk to a little bit more in depth after, you know, you guys have read it. And we're free to talk about it. Yeah, uh, I'll definitely look for you to colon on this again uh, at a later date. Let's talk about beer. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's <clears throat> talk about this beer. Do you want me to get this one? Yeah, this is yours, because uh, who loves full-sale beers? Chris loves full-sale beers. Chris loves full-sale beers. And here's the thing, full-sale, every time... Ellie, we... you didn't like the Kulan? <laughs> no. No, we didn't like any of them. Paul, <laughs> did you get that? <laughs> I thought you guys were... Did, just... you, did you know uh, that if I totally just <clears throat> negated everything you said and went into my book... Yeah, <laughs> we do that. We do that often with yeah, Paul, though, so yeah. he might not have. 
I, I just thought that's our, our clever banter. Of, <laughs> Paul comes up with something clever, and you guys poop on it, and Paul just keeps on being clever. <laughs> I thought that's, that's How's how that goes. going for you, being Trying. clever? <laughs> Trying. <laughs> um, what we have here is another beer from Fall Sale, and I mention this every time that we talk about this brewery. They are a solid beer maker. Their stuff is so reasonably priced, and that's what really stands out on the shelf for me. It's, hey, you can spend five bucks, get a bomber, and it's going to be a quality beer. Um, what we have is the Full Sail Imperial Stout. Uh, this is part of the Brewmaster Reserves. But yeah, it is an Imperial Stout, and you definitely get that Imperial right off the bat on the nose there. On the nose, um, what, what I do enjoy is it says enjoy by C24. So I'm not sure what that means. Um, Where'd you see it? I'm, I'm looking. Enjoy it by C24. Enjoy it by C24. C as in the letter? Yeah, yes. it's the letter C and then the number 24. Um, right I think this, I think we've, we've held on to this for. C is 100. In don't Roman try, numerals. it just, okay. don't try to figure it out. Okay. Just leave it. Let it go. I got, C24. Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I think this is something that we've had in the cellar for a while because we're like, oh, Imperial Stout, like, we can leave it in the cellar for a while. I think this probably would have been better, a little more fresher. Yeah. But you still get a, a, it, it's a full body smokiness to this Imperial. And I think it's not, it's not as good coming off of the speedways. Yeah. yeah. And I think really we should pro- should have done the speedways last, but I was just too excited and I wanted no, to do those right away. It's okay. Those were great. This isn't bad. I it's get a bite still at the end. Yeah, there's a you nice know, richness in the aftertaste. Yeah. In the after richness is a good is a good word for it because it is. It, it holds. Even having it aged for a while, it still has body. It still has flavor, and uh, it is enjoyable. Um, but it's all in the aftertaste for your, all that is for me. Like when I'm drinking, oh, it, yeah. I'm not getting much of that. I, I, I feel like it's actually watery. And then when I just, after I, I finish the sip and just sit for a while, that's where the bite comes in right away, you know, yeah. basically right away. And then it opens up. But we also just had two flavor. extreme beers yeah. right before it. I, I don't think we can chalk that up to the Alesmith stuff because I think it's very much just like it. Seems like it's going to be very watery, mm-hmm. like it just almost like rinses over your tongue, but then it opens up. Yeah, and then like it hangs on. Mm-hmm. It gets your the hooks in there. And just, that's not. A, I, I was going to say, like, what's he? How's he <laughs> no, trying no, to? That's not a. That's not. You a, ruined a, us, Paul. Now we're thinking there's <laughs> got to be another meaning for everything. It's got our hooks in full sail. Where is it going? <laughs> boats. Boats use hooks. They hook boats. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's 2012. Wow. Reserve. So it's it's still good. Like, I think this probably would have been better, yeah. like, right off the bat. And I think this was, like, they put it out in 13 as their 2012 reserve. So yeah. we've probably waited a little too long on it. But it's still good. I mean, and, and for the price, if I saw this in the stores now, I'd get it again mm-hmm. because I'd want to try it fresher. <laughs> Especially for five bucks. And mind. also, if I'm just in the mood for an Imperial Stout with a nice smokiness, I'd buy it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have any problems going, oh, four ninety nine, boop, got it. Yeah, this is one of those beers like you see it on the shelf, you've 
you had a full day at work, you just want to go home and unwind and, you know, have a couple beers, you know, five, six bucks for this versus ten for a six pack of something else. Or, you know, or what, twelve like, for a four pack. Just like, yeah. <laughs> just, you know, it's a good drinkable beer. It does what it's supposed to do. Like, in, I, Full Sail is just, it's a solid brewery. They put out good things for their price. Like, I, I would say Full Sail is better than Saranac because the stuff they put out, the stuff they put out being in a bomber at a cheaper price is always really enjoyable. And when you see a full sale bottle on the wall, I think Chris, you can attest to this. You always pick one up. Yeah, always. Yeah, but I will always but, pick up a. And Chris, when was the last time you bought you Saranac, you bought a Saranac that wasn't in a craft bag? Um, the white IPA, it was like the year after that came out and it was back and I was like, the white IPA. So almost but, a year ago. But here's the thing. How often do you buy wholesale? Whenever I see it because it's going to be something different. But I can't say that they're better than Saranac because I really appreciate the fact that Saranac does that different stuff. Mm-hmm. And you say like, when was the last time that you bought it when it wasn't in a craft room six pack? Anytime I see something different from Saranac, I do grab one of them to put it in that crack in a six pack because I want to try it. In, but I want I think the right IP Matt, last. Matt Brewing, who makes Saranac, I think is a bit of a bigger company than it, than Full Sail. Full Sail is coming to us. They're independently owned. They're independently owned, and Are they're coming to us from Oregon. And Matt's is playing it a little safe <laughs> with not trying out new stuff anymore no they still they still are are they are just a bigger company that they can play a lot more with their different brand they have the resources to say like oh let's try this but i don't really see much different from coming up from there now did you Um, have the prism prism Uh, the legacy ipa okay prism legacy they have a they have another another new one that is out that they're putting out in 12 packs but every Every season, yeah. they have a new See, I thought Prism 12 was pack. a Prism it was a uh, seasonal. Yeah, it's it's staying around. Okay, and it, and it, well, it should. It's really good. Okay, like it'll Prism? be. It's an apricot beer. Oh really? And it's wonderful. Huh? It's really. Good. It's right between. I think it's like it's the perfect balance of Magic Hat Number Nine and then Ithaca Apricot. It's okay. like right in the That's middle. How we- the okay. perfect sweetness with a drinkable beer. And it came out for their winter, but I see it as a spring and summer beer. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm it should stay around because it is really good. I like that. Yeah, I enjoy yeah, it. And the last new thing I tried was their red IPA, and that's the last time I knew they I that I noticed that they tried something new, but I haven't been cruising their the winter beer pack, section to something. Their winter pack oh, yeah. was almost all new. Huh. They didn't even have big moose owl in it. Really? Which they is have, their and their they didn't have their caramel porter because no. that's that's their winter beer. That's their winter beer. It was I, it might have been in the twelve so pack, but they had a they had prism. They had a a, a dry Irish stout kind of a beer, oh. like an an Irish stout. A dry um, Irish. Stout. I, I'm pretty sure it was a dry Irish stout. So I like those. And I, I really and, and there was theirs was really good. Um, but I think they have a little more weight to throw around where they can change up the. Their, okay, so their menu because they're a little bit bigger. They're not employee owned and they're not they're they're local to us. Where 
the well, full sale is let's coming. Pump, let's pump the brakes on employee-owned. Employee-owned means that they offer stock options when you become a full-fledged employee. Like, oh, now you own stock in the company. You're now employee-owned. But honestly, if it's two shares of stock out of, you know, two million, you're still an you still are an employee-owned thing. But how many? How much ownership do you really have? Like. You know what I mean? I remember the, talking about full sale. Yeah, we've talked about it a couple times. I forget how their like their structure set up, but like everyone there does share. It's almost like a profit. It, it's sharing. a pro- I think I think it is a profit sharing, almost in the way that like Dogfish Head is, but they're not okay. as big. Well, if you guys know more about it, because sometimes like we've I talked hear about it, it. we've talked I'm about like, it. Well, what does that mean? That could mean a whole variety. Yeah, of things. like we talked about. Like, We've talked about it a couple times. Yeah, because they had a thing on the bottle about it. Um, But no, they they, it 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 does seem like it's a lot more. Just the employees are part of everything. Mm -hmm. There's especially with a brewery, you only expect you know maybe fifty to seventy five employees. If it's a beer company that is going from Oregon all the way out here, I mean they got a pretty big shipping lanes. Mm -hmm. That's. But that's contracted out to distributors. It doesn't mean that. Yeah, no, but they have to. to no, they places. have to brew enough to cover oh, okay. the continental U.S. Um, and that's why maybe they're doing bombers instead of six packs because yeah. you we know. had the. Oh no, the, that was a, no. The, the first beer we had from Full Sail wasn't a six pack. I can't remember which one it was now, but it did. Happen. It was a psyllium though that had that cappuccino. Coffee style that we just had, right? Celine? Celine? I can't remember. But we, we have had full sale in a six pack yeah. because I found it at Wegmans. Wegmans carries it too now. Yeah. We have I a couple like, of oh, them. That's something I wish they carried more of the bombers, but mm-hmm. but I'm just saying I think there's there's a bit of a difference between full sale and Saranac. And you, you, you and think I think full sale's better. I think full sale because they're not as big and have the mo- I mean Matt Brewing who owns Saranac who you know basically come from just the Saranac they're able to buy Flying Bison and you know take care of that and they've done a couple other breweries they've folded into themselves mm-hmm. that they allow the brewers to still be their brewers but they basically still own them you know what I read an interesting article from uh, Entrepreneur magazine it was either Entrepreneur or Markley Full uh and they were talking about how 2015 is shaping up as the uh, craft beer collapse. Yeah. Where it's going to be a bunch of consolidation coming really soon. And probably by 2015, we're going to see a lot of growth here in 2014 with a lot of breweries opening up. And then you're going to see a uh, drastic decline in the number of breweries. Not so much. Those breweries are still going to be, quote unquote, open, but they're going to be folded in. To other ones like, you know, uh, Matt's Brewing, and even looking at uh, what happened in 2011 with uh, Goose Island. That's what yeah. they were basically well, really saying with Anheuser Busch and buying Goose Island. I think one of the other things with like these is like everybody opens up a brewery and they just put out an IPA. Everybody likes IPAs. Let's put out an IPA. It might not be the best IPA, but they're selling a well, you, IPA. You got to have. I think to be a craft brewer, you have to have a passable IPA. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> well, it's the litmus test. Yeah. Um, if you can't do that well, then nobody else. But IPA be. was the big beer. Yeah. And everybody was putting out 
IPA, IPA this, IPA that, IPA, 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 IPA. Uh, the Full Sail Mantra, because I went to their website because okay. I was curious. Um, the Epic and Glorious Full Sail Mantra. We hold <laughs> these truths to be self-evident, that not all beers are created equal, and neither are the breweries that create them. That we, the 47 employee owners of the okay. Full Sail Brewing Same Company, between 50 and 75 proudly bucks. proclaim ourselves to be independent. And if you go like under the website and you go to like the employment job listing, it's like straight up like, oh, we're looking for a busser for our pub. Like we're looking for a brewer. We need a sous chef. Like it's very low key. Like it's very tiny, tiny towers slash tiny groups. Yeah, like it's it's cool actually. Like looking at the website, so that like, should be the next. Uh... Yeah. Tiny or, Brewers? You know, yeah, basically. You know the game developer game where you, you play as a game developer? What was that? What were this? And there was a... Sounds uh, like a Paul thing. There was know. a restaurant game. Is that, that when the, the chef way? has to throw the pepper on the eggs and then jump over them and then squirt ketchup? No, on that's the... burger time. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's really good, guys. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I loved that game as a good kid. Good reference for both John and Chris. I, I'm... <laughs> we, we made Paul proud. Hey, I think that's the first time in like seven years that I've known him. Like little little restaurant it's story, little game developer <laughs> story, right? Like his. Uh, like I said, that sounds like a Paul game. Okay, I don't know. never mind. That's something you probably downloaded off of Steam. Yeah, Paul, I, I do want to say is like Chris and I always talk about how we've been friends for so long, and it's going to be twenty years for Chris and I. But oh, that's double anniversary, guys. It's been. 13 years for us. Yeah. And it, that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. So much that it makes me want to drink a beer and read a comic book. Oh. Mm. Like a dramatically? Yes. And now, a dramatic reading from X Factor 260, page 2, panel 4. God, I hate our team's name. And that was a dramatic reading of X Factor. <laughs> Number 240. And I was going to say, John, I'm so proud of you for holding it together when I pointed. Because apparently that makes you laugh now. Well, uh, just, just the fact that she's like, God, I hate the name of her. Um, Such a fucking I never bored knew Polaris look. had a lazy eye. Mm. Like, literally, in every panel, like, that eye just drags off to the side. You know why? It's it's magnetic. It has to be. Like, mm. trying, like look at the... Like, no, I can, I can see it from here. I don't expect much from X-Factor. Oh my gosh, look at this panel! Look at these faces. Look at her face. And look at his face. And look at that guy! What the fuck? It's Peter David on art. Not Peter David on art. Leonard it's Kirk. Uh, Leonard Kirk. Sorry. Peter David. Oh my gosh, people, just get this book just a thumb through. <laughs> Don't which, buy it. You gotta be an absolute number? idiot to buy these books. Uh, <laughs> what fucking asshole's got this white glove on? I can't tell. So our next beer comes from the great state of Michigan. The great state of Michigan? The yeah. pot handle state? It's the mitten. The mitten, yeah. Oh, it's oh. Quicksilver. That's the asshole. <laughs> guys, guys, I figured it out. <laughs> the, oh, I thought you said panhandle. I'm sorry. Yeah, pot. Yeah, I said 
pot handle, and I meant, you know, pot holder. Yeah. Mm. Yes, yes, Quicksilver, you are insane for buying this book. <laughs> anyways. Yeah, anyways. It's from Bell's. Uh, this is from Bell's Brewery. This is the special double cream stout. Um, we've been sitting on this one since back in 2013. Well, this was bottled back in October, so it's not too old. Um, I took a whiff before, and there's I, a little. I pulled like, it out of the basement because I'm like, it's going to get too old quick. It was. Too old it's too. been down there for a while. Yeah, yeah like, we we, we noticed, literally forgot about yeah. it. Yeah, but it has like a very sweet, almost kind of like chocolate covered raisin. Like, it smells like a raisinette. Okay. When I took my yeah, first you whiff, can say that brand name. It doesn't yeah. matter. When I took my first like whiff, I was like, "What is that?" And then I had like breathe it in again. I was like, "It smells like a box of raisinettes." Like if yeah. you go to the movie theater. And like you go into like just dump the rest of the box. So from your, cardboard into your and face. raisinette together. It's that raisinette smell. It kind of it it smells like somebody was ashing into a box of raisinettes because you get a little of that smokiness to yeah. it. Yeah. It's guys. It's like if you took an ashtray. This that's like our <laughs> weirdest one ever. If I you think. ashed a if cigarette into, into a box, a box of, raisinettes. of raisinettes. Yeah. Like and it fits though. Yeah, it does, and it's not a bad smell. Like. It had definitely has a sweetness. I'm just glad that for the fifth time in under a minute, we get to hear John breathing into his glass. <laughs> you know, they know that I am you, smelling the shit the thing, out of this that beer. That is John, by here's the way. The if you hear that, that's John. We might sound like a ragtag group of friends that just record every week in someone's spare bedroom, but we're serious about this. Like, uh, we, this is my spa room. Spa room. Is spa room short for spare bedroom? <laughs> yes. Oh, you're making a Narnia joke. Yes. It, I'm sorry. Come on, it, that Chris. took me like 30 seconds way too long to get but there. But it's spare room. You didn't say He's, it right. It's logary. Oh, yeah. I don't say things right. Come on, John. We, You've known me for 13 years. We go full effect. We went over this. We go full effect on the beard. I know you. We get the nose... We try to talk about different notes. We get the taste. We get the mouth feel down. We're serious. And that's why John's we're, breathing heavily into We're one beer. of the few podcasts to talk about mouth feel. <laughs> it's important, I though. It. <laughs> I, know, I know. I wanted you to know that I knew that you knew. Um, it's not as smoky on the taste as it is... On the nose there. Like, it has a nice little sweetness to it. It does have a nice sweetness. When I see mm-hmm. double cream stout on the label, I think this is going to be smooth as shit. Yeah, and it's not. I do have to say is, when we fir- when you first bought this six-pack, we had we each had one out of this. You pulled that. Well, it was a six-pack. Yeah. There's only four six-pack. There. there was only four in the thing. Oh, it's the actual... Okay. Yeah, it was legit. It's uh, okay, because I sometimes you guys <clears> just bring over... Carriers and yeah, it's not legit, and I yeah. never actually bothered to look at it. It so. is like a cheap looking box, yeah. like it, it is. Um, but we really, really, really liked it, yeah. and it was, I think, a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. It also, it's unfiltered, unpasteurized, and does say best kept refrigerated. Which, I mean, it's been in the basement, so it's oh, like, did it go bad with the cream? It could have gone yeah. bad with the cream. That's where not, you're getting all that raisin from. It's not a bad beer. It's I not a beer. It's like a dry Irish stout. Like, uh, it, that's without what, yeah, the nuttiness. Yeah. yeah. I think this, along with the um, full sale, drink them as soon as you get them. Don't, yeah, don't, don't sit don't. on it. it, it and, on. But it is um, pretty decent percent alcohol on this boy. 6.1. Yeah. 
Yeah, and these yeah. for a cream ale? These two are definitely high. afternoon delights. These are, yeah. you know, why wait for the, uh, the, uh, harsh. What's, what's the line? I don't know what I, you're doing. For, for the song of afternoon delight. I, why wait until the cold, I don't know, uh, the something, something night? Afternoon delight. Yeah, pretty much. When you started talking about light, I, I thought you were trying to make afternoon a hook reference. Delight. No, I would never make a hook reference. I hate that movie. No, and you're wrong for that. (laughs) That's why I brought it up, because we talked about it last week. Um, no, it's, it's still okay. Like, it's not bad. It's still good. I would drink it again. I just wouldn't sit on it in the basement. I I imagine Steve, Steve's got a new drinking game for how many times they're like, eh, we waited a little too long to drink this. (laughs) Yeah, you need to pull a beer out of your basement that you've been sitting on when we talk about how long you waited on (laughs) something. It, it's not bad. It was really creamy. It was I, I. It was really good when we first had it. That's just making me wish this beer was the beer you're talking about. Uh, but also, time like, machine. I mean, we gave a big blast to our tongue with the Speedway stouts, mm, and you're then given that Speedway, yeah, way too much way credit too, for it. I mean, it's, a, it's a great beer. It, it's good. It but is it a deep. It is a deep dark beer at twelve percent. Yeah, but, but that, it's a when lot it, of stone. It's not a. Yeah, you're faulting these other beers. It's not Nevada. It's not, it's not no, I'm just saying. Like I'm just saying that anything, anything after these that is another dark beer is not going to have the or same robustness. Or anything that we've had sitting in the basement for yeah, too yeah. long is also going to do that. Have we not, had these at the beginning? We would have said the same thing. Don't credit that to Ailsmith. Yeah, I, I don't. You I don't take think, that away from these beers and our mistakes. Yeah, I don't think it's Ailsmith. We're to blame. Part. <laughs> Whoa! Explicit tag, positive fart. Because uh, I don't How think any this episode already. It's an hour sixteen. Yeah, let's go. Okay, let's go right into the reviews. Let's go. First book. Let's get it out of the way because there's hardly anything happened in it. Ghost Rider number one. We've got three books to talk about. All right. First off, um, this is our monthly look back. We're taking a look at some of the number one issues that came out back in March of 2014. Um, all three of them are Marvel books, and Paul said we're going to talk about all new Ghost Rider. Oh, I'm sorry, all go- no, all new Ghost Rider number one. That's how you know this isn't your daddy's Ghost Rider. No, um, this is it tells an, you right on the first page. I was going to say this is an all new Ghost Rider. Um, we are in the fabled land of Los Angeles. Yep. Where we're introduced to young Robbie Reyes, who mm-hmm. is like early t- like twenties, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, kid that works at a uh, like Garage. mechanic shop, and he's taking care of his disabled brother, and he wants to change their lives because things aren't really good for them. So he basically he wants to get out of the ghetto. He wants to get out of the ghetto. Out of the ghetto. Where there's, you know, gunshots, people stealing his little brother's wheelchair, like kicking the crap out of him, and I mean Robbie. And and his brother is just always way too positive about everything. Which I you, you, you don't want to crush that kid's spirit. He's got exactly a, he's got it rough. But he's, you know, his brother is the best. Everything his brother does for him is the best. Like, he was so excited about that bowl of macaroni. And <laughs> he cheese. was so excited about mac and cheese. <clears throat> but Robbie wants to change their lives, so he steals a car that's sitting at the shop and enters a street race to try to win $50,000 so he can set up about 
changing their lives. Yeah. And he and he uh does the race with uh pink slips, right? With well, the, he, he doesn't have money to enter the race, so he puts the car up as his collateral for even it. Even though he doesn't own it. Even though car. it's not his car. I, I feel like if you're doing illegal street races, you don't care yeah. where that car is coming from. You're gonna take You're gonna take the car anyways. Um and then things get worse for him. All of a sudden, cops are there. There's a helicopter following him. The other cars split Mind off. You, this is the last two pages of this book that we've been talking about. Basically, well, like the beginning, it's all set up. It's introducing yeah. you to Robbie and, and their life and letting you know that no things are bad, but yeah. he's still trying to provide for his brother the best he can. Mm-hmm. And he takes his car to this thing and he, he's going to win the race and he's things and for a, full, a moment he just thinks about how great his life is going to be until the very next moment when he realizes that he's being chased by a police helicopter and then he realizes all the things that are actually going to happen to him and he's like uh, it's that arrested development like i've made a huge mistake because he sees like he's in jail like his Brothers going, going to, to be, be taken. Into, into institutionalized. He's you know he's going to just be put in a home somewhere else so, and not understand why. By, by the way, as with all of our monthly look back, spoilers are in full effect because <laughs> yeah. these books are from last month. Like I think we always preface off by saying this, we just haven't this time. Mm-hmm. We're we're going full bore into these books. If you read them, cool. You know. If not, we're we're letting you know what happened so you can decide if you want to pick it up. Or and this is written by uh, Felipe Smith and uh, yeah, Trevor did. Moore. Treadmore. Treadmore on art. <clears throat> Treadmore is someone who I took notice of last year with the Le- Legend of Luther Strode and then the follow-up it's to very that. anime. Yeah. It's very, uh, especially with the brother when he gets very excited, uh, very exaggerated, just things become, you know, his arms become rubber. It's it's exaggerated, and, you know, but also it has those crazy like lines to yeah. it, mm-hmm. like the Ghost Rider face and everything's got like just crazy lines I to it. See, I want to get really? I want to get back to the story yeah. before we sure. start talking about everything else. Okay. Sorry, sorry. No, I, okay, cut you off. I did want I just wanted to say who was doing know, the but yeah the very last page is him re- uh, getting pulled over by what who he thinks is the cops and him realizing he's made a huge mistake. But that's not the last page. It's not okay. Well, I was going to say, did when you, you read con- it digitally, it's okay. hard to tell what the last page is. I was going to say, did you start reading it there? Because there's more. It's it's not the cops. It's some military kind of group yeah. that is taking drugs out of the it's, trunk. You find out more in the second issue, which came out okay. this week. But it's they basically, like after he gets out of the car, they open fire on him and head over to the trunk of the car where there's bags of drugs okay it is drugs it is drugs and then Do they say what kind because it, well you find it, you find out it's a bunch of red pills yeah you find, it it's pills, pills. Okay. um but then it's the ghost rider then revives him and takes him over mm-hmm. and that's when things get flamio <laughs> okay hey hot but yes i i kind of i just i kind of like the fact that it's not He's not on the motorcycle. He's in that kind of car. And I haven't read issue two, so I don't know yeah, the full extent. But I, like, I, I saw the preview panels where he's like driving over the tops of buildings. 
mm-hmm. like within this flaming car. But I like that it is it isn't your '90s Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. You know, it isn't. Uh, I can't even think of Johnny Blaze. You know, it is somebody new who's taken over that. I like that. You know, you haven't seen if he's in that moment right before he died. Did he barter with Mephisto or anything like that? But it's just this well, injustice he, that's happened, and he's there to write it or can, do something. In, it's kind of in the artwork, which, like we said before, Treadmore, it's very like anime influence. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of the earlier Scotty Young stuff, um, where it's, like everything is very exaggerated. It's very kinetic, which I yeah. think you need on a well, book. Well, the earlier like Scotty Young work, work, I would say it was much more graffiti art yeah. inspired. This definitely feels more anime inspired, where it's the and not Magna inspired. Mag mag. Manga. Manga inspired. I think it's very anime inspired where it's things, you know, when people are super excited or very, you know, they become exaggerated and noodly and just like the people, the people are exaggerated, but the backgrounds, the car, everything else is really straight laced. Yeah. Like the car is like awesome in it. There's the one scene when they're actually in the street lace and they're kind of like drifting around the corner and you see yeah. the three cars. Like that's a great looking panel. And this is from someone who doesn't care about, about car, car races, races or like the Fast and the Furious lifestyle. But and there was that one panel <clears throat> where they kick up, uh, you know, the newspaper and you can kind of see somebody was released from high <clears throat> security prison. And I'm like, well, that guy's going to be a major player in this series, isn't he? It's... And it's that small little detail there that me as a comic book reader, I kind of like, no, oh, I should read this because whoever <coughs> that is, is going to be the main villain. Excuse me. And if it isn't the main villain, I'll be shocked. It's a, I think it's an awesome looking book. And that's really what struck me about this. If it was just Ghost Rider number one by an, like, writing an art team that I didn't know mm-hmm. or care about. And it was just that kind of typical comic book looking art. Mm-hmm. I would have passed it up. But the preview artwork really like just it struck me. I was like, okay, this is a book that I would check out based off of that alone. And it's such a gorgeous book. Like everything jumps off the pages there. And I think yeah. it is that like, exaggerated artwork style, but then there's that realism to it too. And like the colors are so like 70s inspired okay yeah I like, can see this. like the bright oranges yellows mm-hmm. and reds it it's almost like it's drawn as a love letter to that 70s car chase mm-hmm. and that's kind of how i was reading it and then especially... well, the very first page you know has that kind of like mock yeah mock racer uh what a speed, speed racer. racer go 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 uh ghost rider go 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 you know, and that's kind of like Mach 5, um, go, go, go. It's, I kind of was flipping through here to find something that, John, you talked about. Because when he actually starts on fire, it's a spark that moves from the car yeah. to him. Yeah. Like, I was trying to find it. It's, yeah, it's like the second to last. Well, I don't know what page, yeah. but yeah, when you're in it's kind hard, of view, it's hard yeah, to know. It's hard reading it. So it's almost like the car brought yeah. him back. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's, like, time to barter there. Yeah, that's, like, yeah. yeah. And, and, like, the, I can't the say panels of his, like, face melting off are just 
awesome looking. I can't say that you know it was like right there when he's getting into the car though Mm -hmm. either. You know it wasn't. He stole a car. He gets shot for it. Yeah. Because he didn't check the trunk. He's checking out this car. What mechanic though is going like, oh, I gotta fix something on the car. Like I'm gonna search the car. And then he just, he seems shocked by everything as, like, the guy's walking past him. And yeah, the guy kind of gives him a look. He just looks down like, fuck. Um, I would, after I read this, I was like, I don't think this is a book Paul would like. But, I yeah. yeah. I wasn't, you know, I just... He wasn't interested in it to begin with because it's Ghost Rider. And I'm like, I don't know what artist team could get me interested in a Ghost Rider series. And I'm still waiting for that team, uh, I just yeah, I wasn't uh, caught in any of the hooks, and there sh- were hooks in this. You know, I I knew that where they, I saw them. I'm like, hey, that that's an interesting hook. That's an interesting take. I don't know why I'm not hooked by it. Mm-hmm. And this is something that this afternoon Chris and I were talking about it because I hadn't read Ghost Rider number one yet, and we were just mm-hmm. talking, and Chris was like, yeah. I picked up Ghost Rider number two. Like, I liked it enough that I was like, yeah, I'll read number two. And as soon as I finished reading number one, I was like, all right, I'll download number two. Like, I, I enjoyed it number two only because I felt like there wasn't enough in number one to really give me a hook of what the story actually is. Mm-hmm. Because this was so much setup. We finally get Ghost Rider. And it's the very last panel yeah. of yeah, but him being Ghost it, Rider. In, in a sense, that first issue should be the setup to this character of why he wants justice or why he wants yeah, but peace for other people to get that justice because he is in that spot where he's he's in that life that he wants to change for himself his, and, and his, his brother. brother. Right. And it should be those other people like Hey, you know when you hear firecrackers out there outside, you don't go outside. And firecrackers, firecrackers are, are, gunshots. are gunshots. Yeah, he's you, trying to protect his brother and not even telling him what's actually happening outside the yeah. door. And like at one point they're walking past like a crime scene like where people are being arrested and his brother asks, like, Oh, what's going on? And Robbie just like, Oh, you know, the usual The usual don't look. He, don't he, look. Yeah. He doesn't say like, Oh, <laughs> someone's being arrested on, on our street corner, you know, like and the thing is, I don't get a, you know, this character has an overwhelming sense of justice. It's that I need to change my life for the better for my brother. Yeah. But and, not and, only just change his life, but if he were able to change everybody's life for the better. Everybody who has had something wronged against him or them, everyone should have that peace. I, I think, I don't get I that think that's from a bit that broad. Right it's broad, but it's, it's him wanting to change his brother's life, and now mm-hmm. we have we have that open to him. But it's probably going to be on a bigger scale. And but that's all from the outside as mm-hmm. comic book readers. Like you're like placing. Like is that he going to make the neighborhood better because he can't get his brother out of the neighborhood? That's what I'm thinking is going to be happening with the series. Like, well, if I can't get my brother out, I'll just make my neighborhood as best as I can. And basically, Ghost Rider turns whatever. Town of Los Angeles that he's in into his own Hell's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. No, this is going to be my place where I and as it. 
someone who's read issue number two, it does seem more like it's going to be going towards that local vigilantism. Mm-hmm. But I, I really enjoy this book in a way that I haven't liked Ghost Rider before because I've read Ghost Rider books. Mm-hmm. You've I've, watched Ghost Rider I've movies. I've seen both the movies <laughs> because Nick Cage is in them. That's a lie. We would have seen them anyways, <laughs> but I enjoyed them because Nick Cage was in it. Um, and, and what was this, like, what was this stupid, like, shoot em up one? Drive Angry? Drive Angry, which is basically, yeah. It's basically it's, Ghost Rider. And there's enough to this book that I'm interested in. Like I said, I bought number two today, read it, enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to reading more of it. I don't know if it's something I'll continue to read, but like I said to John earlier, I felt better about buying Ghost Rider number two than I did spending the money for Moon Knight number one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And a lot of that How is... How was Moon Knight number one? I didn't, I didn't Nobody buy Nobody bought it. it. Oh, okay. Like, I was going to, and I read the preview pages, and I was like... Uh, I heard they did something pretty interesting with the costume, which was make it absent of... They didn't draw anything or uh, color in his costume, so it was like just a complete negative space, a blank space on the page, which I heard was pretty interesting on the comic book panel. But You know, I'll I'll buy it for 99 cents when it's on sale, so I can mm-hmm. check it out, but it's something is I was it looking... Is a Marvel Knights Moon Knight? It, no, or it, was, it no. Moon Knight? it was just Moon Knight. It was Again. part of like, the Marvel Now... Okay. It's something I'll check out once it's on sale, mm-hmm. but it, I don't need to spend three ninety nine for a book I'm not sure about. While I was okay with spending three ninety nine for a book, I want to know more about and see where it goes. And and I really do enjoy Tradmore's art. Like he's somebody that I've I've been interested in with the Luther Strode stuff. I really really liked him. And to see that he was doing this, he's also doing the covers for uh, Secret Avengers right now. Oh, okay, that's why. Yeah, yeah, that I, makes I've sense. I've seen yeah. those. Like this is a book. If it would have been anyone else on art, I probably wouldn't have had such strong feelings for it. If it had just been that more standard Marvel comic book house style, like if it was more along the lines of that David Aja, Paulo Rivera, Chris Sandy style. Okay, you know maybe that would have. Mm-hmm. Well, it would but definitely I feel, fit with the '70s vibe that you're saying that you're getting. Yeah, I but I feel like that color. exaggerated. It lends itself to this crazy out there, larger we're, than life. And when you're saying crazy. '70s style, like a book, we're talking about like the '70s. I'm going to get you, sucker. Yeah, it, like, it's very pulpy, very like exploitation film. Yeah, yeah. Not, I wouldn't say pulpy. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. say exploitation film, like. 70s, like, kung fu movie, 70s, I'm going to get you, sucker. But that... Uh, That kind of... That aesthetic works for the story that they're telling. Yeah. Like, with this... Muscle car out of the... Yeah, it's like... This, like, very... It's anime-inspired art, but with, like, a Latin flair on it. It it, it works with that art, and, like, I I dig it. It's speaking to me right now. There's something about the line work with Tradmore, like in the face of the Ghost Rider and the flames and everything. That... It's very, it's angular. It's not like a real skull. Yeah, it. There's some. There's something so weird. It almost looks like this. Like the skull has like gums. Like it's so weird. Um, but there is a panel in there, like where he's right before the race. It shows like the flames. In the reflection of the mirror, or mm-hmm. in the reflection of the glass, mm-hmm. so it's almost like the Ghost Rider's already kind of knows 
yeah. what's going to happen think, that he's well, there. Well, that's the whole thing, is that the car is almost possessed. Yeah. Because when the flame goes from the car to him, he's anointed yeah. as a ghost rider, as the, the car's driver. Uh, you know, it's... even when he puts on the helmet, you see, like, the flames, like, coming out from underneath the helmet. But they're, like, yeah. uh, like streamers, almost, not so much flames. Yeah. It's almost kind of like with how Kenneth Rockford would do those, like, weird, just, like, color blobs and lines in panels that they're just kind of floating there around something, but there's no reason for it. Uh, I, I don't know, I dug it. Ready for the I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I saw yeah. the hooks. I just didn't, you know, maybe it's because it's Ghost Rider and I had a mental block up, so I wasn't allowed myself to get do hooked you, by them. Do you want spoilers for number two? Yeah. I don't because I okay, want to read it. I'll read number two and maybe we'll talk about it next month. Okay. Um, um, something that I want to put out there is the art helped with this book, but I thought the art was a hindrance with Magneto number one. Oh, you're throwing it into the next one. Oh, book. okay. Uh, uh, I didn't get anything. Well, well, let's go right into Magneto, and then yeah. we'll go back to the art in the last. Yeah, okay. we'll talk about story, so, and then we'll yeah. discuss. So go ahead, John. What, what, what is Magneto number one? It's been a is los. It's been a month since I read this, so please help me okay. fill in those blanks because we'll, we'll it, it literally has basically been a month. Just think back to when you saw X Men: The First Class. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, you know, it's the it's the Nazi hunter Magneto, but instead he's hunting down people who have. Wronged mutants. mutants. Wronged mutants. And at the same... You found it. I'd like to say, I was going to say, wasn't that missing last week? Pop yeah, it was under his over. desk. Okay. <laughs> I want to rinse my glass. Oh, keep, keep going, John. Uh, but it's, it's, it's Magneto who's on the hunt for these. His powers aren't the same. Um, but he is going after these guys who have wronged mutants and he's also he's on the run from like shield from the fbi everybody, ev- everybody. and he's been keeping really 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 low tabs he's like hiding out in a hotel yeah or it's, i wouldn't even say hotel it's a motel it's a motel it's yeah it's a seedy place nobody is going to get a little Nobody's gonna rat him out. But Nobody's gonna does, rat him out. He does feel like maybe the cleaning lady will. The cleaning lady may have noticed a little too much, and he overly tips her in order to try to buy her silence. It seems. And then he goes in to kill somebody who murdered some mutants, only to find out that he's not. That person is not just a person, but is. An Something Omega Sentinel. is an Omega Sentinel. Thank you. And uh, an Omega Sentinel is this ooh. human that is spliced with like nanotech to turn into a Sentinel to kill mutants uh, at the drop of the hat. They're basically the uh, old DC version of Omax. Omax. Yeah. And they don't realize that they're sentinels yeah. until they are they become activated and then they go back to their normal life and they don't realize that they're sentinels. And it's it's that that like, oh, now here like right at the end is here's the hook of what mm-hmm. Magneto's gonna be doing. He's it's gonna not, be he's... figuring out 
Instead of being uh, doing a this? Nazi killer, a killer of humans, he's going to be killing these Omega Sentinels who aren't really alive anyway. So don't feel bad about it. Yeah. But he feels, he feels bad about killing that guy because he didn't want to kill those mutants. He wasn't a killer. He wasn't even like aware of what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. And he turned himself in when he realized that he might have done that. And you know? this was the, like, the downfall for that book is Paul, like, you weren't really hooked on mm-hmm. Ghost Rider. I was reading through Magneto number one, being like, okay, well, it's Magneto talking about, like, how people don't recognize him without the helmet. Okay, like, mm-hmm. he's tipping, like, the um, house cleaning woman. I, I didn't. It's Magneto. I, yeah, I didn't care about any of it until he starts trying to infiltrate that police department. And as he's like walking through, there's like the little panels inset where uh-huh. he's like, okay, well, this cop's gun is metal. The stapler has metal in it. Like this officer's stars on his collar. Those are metal. It, but it's all done like that different, mm-hmm. like, like whitish bluish color. And it's like, okay, like he's sensing the metal as he's walking through the department. And then he just, opens up and lets go as Magneto, like, firing off the bullets from a cop's belt. And I'm like, okay, now this is getting interesting. And then he's making his helmet out out of of the metal in the room. I was like, all right, now you have me, like, three pages from the end of the book. Okay, cool. And as much as I like Ghost Rider number one about that setup, I don't need Magneto set up as the man, man undercover, like... He well, you do because he's bald here. He's been bald. <laughs> Remember, I'm talking about was Uncanny X-Men, yeah. or like, who's that guy? Oh, it's Magneto because the Magneto font, which they do yeah. again in this book. Yeah, when it says Magneto, it's in the Magneto font, which is that purple font with the weird like, big like, block letters. Yeah. <laughs> it's the it Magneto font. It wasn't until the very end where I got it, and I liked the art in this book. It said it's a more grounded. X-Men book, which works for what's going on, but I don't think it served the book well until the very end when he lets loose as, as Magneto. Magneto. He's not like Eric when or he has, Magnus anymore. Yeah, when he lets it go. Yeah, he lets it go. I, I do say, like, at, at the end is when the book did take a turn, but I think with a little better... A little better art in the beginning, it would have pulled you in a little more. And I think it was well written, though. Um, it's it's written Col- by Colin, Colin Bunn, who's been writing the Six Gun. Who the reason I picked this yeah. book up is because he wrote it. Art by Gabriel Hernandez Volta. Um, it was written very well, just with him outlaying like his past and who he is and who he was, because he's mm-hmm. the man with many names. Yeah. Uh, but it just it wasn't resonating. Until that very end part. Because I think how I feel is when I'm reading a Magneto book, I want to see him doing Magneto shit. Yeah, and I yeah. didn't get that until the very end. You want him rolling Genosha. You yeah, want him... And that's right when I got into it. Yeah. When he's like floating in a police department killing people. And mm-hmm. I'm like, alright. Yeah, you, you separate those... like. Prison bars, like you're Magneto, you do that, you do you, man, you I, do you. I've I've been uh, I've been keeping a low profile, but how do I get to this guy that's locked up in the back? I'm Magneto. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, um, I think when you murder somebody in the middle of a police station, 
there's no escape of them figuring out who did it anyways. No. Like, you know, yeah, but eventually I mean, somebody's going to figure He kind of talks about having the low profile. Yeah. Oh, I could have flown here a lot sooner, but I had to drive. It took me 300 miles out of the way. Well, I drove one because my powers are wonky now because of the whole whatever wonkiness is going on. Like the Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix. And and also, he's he might not have he could have done it, but he's really trying to keep that low profile. He's also aware that they've been trying to bring him out of hiding by planting stories and like making things up, but. I forget exactly how it's worded, but it's a thing of, like, when you've seen enough crimes against mutants, you know when there's an actual one being committed. Yeah. And I do, like, I do think the book was well-written. The art is the one thing out of it that, that, that took me out of it. And, uh, I did enjoy the book, and yeah, right at the end, when he goes... Full Magneto is like the selling point of this book, but it's just like f- for the most part of that book, I wasn't enjoying the art, so it didn't it didn't grab me. But I did enjoy I did enjoy the Magne- the Magneto stuff of just Magneto being on the run, talking about I I know when it's a real crime against mutants, mm-hmm. you know. I know all this stuff. I enjoyed that stuff. It didn't get me to buy issue two, though. Okay, and I'm glad you said that, because that's going to bring up my question, actually, to you guys. Okay. Oh, because, before your question, okay. man, can I go? Yeah. Uh, just because we were talking about who should go next. Yeah. But if you weren't going to ask a question, uh, my whole thing is that that will all, all the whole, like, stay in hiding, keep a low profile, all seemed interesting to me. But then at the very end, when it's an Omega Sentinel, this human hybrid Cylon, like, that comes yeah. to life and it's a murder machine. At that point, I'm like, no, there's no way that he's going to be battling these, uh, the builders of these Omega Sentinels and keeping a low profile. Mm-hmm. From here on out, it's going to be a Madcap's comic book ride. As, and that was the thing, too. As and soon it's as like, he, like, I'm he's done. in that police department, yeah. he's just like, this is like, you're no longer low profile. Well, see, at that point, I'm still like, okay, well, the thing is, now he has, he's on the run. He's going to escape from this. He's going to kill this person and move on his way. Nope. It's hmm. a mega uh, Sentinel time, which is just mad dash comic book stuff so i i know that for the rest of the series it's just him going to hit up science lab yeah, after science lab I, I i i don't think that is the total plan for that for this book okay see like, that's where i took it yeah, and i'm like i'm not I, interested I felt, in number two i felt the same i think he's still Wait, gonna be no is, is okay, you sorry. but i don't think like i mean easily he can be like all right i killed him now i need to search this stuff out it's not going to be that huge manhunt for. It's going to be a manhunt for him, but he can still disappear into the shadows because he he has been he has been eluding them. He knows how to elude. Yeah, but it's not him go searching down in a small quiet town. This you know redneck person who's been you know locking up mutants in his basement and then like him Magneto extracting his revenge on him. Like, a la Dexter style. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's going to be 
him going finding science labs that are building these Omega people and figuring that kind of stuff out and it's going to be these huge explosions of you know laboratories and it's not going to be this yeah but I mean Dexter style like kind of quiet you don't neighborhood you don't I don't know that you don't know that. No, no, you don't know that. that. That's that's what I kind of took from it. Yeah, that's what I took from it as soon as they introduced the Omega Settles, because he even says it's, that I gotta figure out who did this. Yeah, but I think, I mean... I don't think those people get the Omega Settles. It's, it's get no longer a question of, like, I need to find this guy who's killing mutants. Yeah. It's, I need to find out who's mm. killing my people. Yeah. I will agree with that, but I don't... I mean, he can go back into the underground from where he is. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I didn't read number two. Yeah. Well, I'm, and okay. it, it, I think if this book was two ninety nine, I might pick up issue two. But with that three ninety nine price on a book that I'm on the fence about, I did enjoy, but I didn't enjoy enough to hit that three ninety nine point. Here's my question that I'm posing to you guys now, because that still factors in. We know it Mag- X factors in. I understand. We know Magneto <laughs> is not going to be an ongoing series. Like we're gonna see the day in like four, five months where it's like, oh, Magneto final issue. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be a limited series for all intents and purposes. Like this is gonna be like a one story and done series. Mm-hmm. If this had been told as like an original graphic novel. Like it was a put out there on the shelf as like, here it is. Like read all 122 pages of it. Magneto, last will and testament. Like exactly. Like it's, it's Magneto, one story. It's him doing this. Would you be more prone to picking that up versus like the upcoming issues? If it was like put out there for like, you know, 1499. I never read, uh, I never read Joker. The uh, and that I have some great. I have it that's too. That's the original graphic novel. That's what Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermijo. Yeah, and it's supposed to be really good. It, it is, is really good. The thing it's, is, it's really good. The thing is, like I'm like, ooh, the higher price point on a book about a villain. But at that point, villainous. It's a, I, a prestige book. It's yeah. not something you would get. In. Yeah, and that's why you're asking if yeah. this was if this was if, if, if I heard this, about Magneto prestige book. Coming out with with right. with hunting down mutant killers, mm-hmm. and it's going to be on the edge of <laughs> like Marvel Knights slash Marvel Real or Marvel Max even. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would like because Marvel if, doesn't... And especially if I saw uh, Colin Bunn's mm-hmm. name on this, you would think you know maybe Marvel Max series <laughs> Magneto is going to be released. I, I I didn't even pick up Joker, so I don't think I would okay. pick up you know this. That's all I'm saying. That I, I don't think there is a character out there that would make me want to pick up that kind of book. Animal Man? Well, that was Vertigo. <laughs> and I didn't pick up the first book. It took no, John but, buying it for me for Christmas birthday. Christmas or birthday. Yeah. But almost as a policy, Marvel doesn't do original graphic novels. Like, you try to think of a time they have, you mm-hmm. you can't. That's not something that they put out because they like to do the periodical and then mm-hmm. put out the trade, capitalize on that one. put out the trade right away, so it's not like... Oh, well, you know, not to make this into a DC versus Marvel thing, but DC, they do take that risk and say, like, no, we're going to do the Earth-1 books 
would this read well as are they still like doing Earth format? One books? Um, yeah, Earth Wonder Woman. That Wonder Woman coming out. Uh, they have a Teen but... Titans one coming out too, written by Jeff Lemire with art by Terry Dotson. Mm. Oh, okay, that's interesting. I, I didn't like know it. there were yeah. new ones announced. I would still they read in um, Chicago. Comic-Con. Oh, at C two E two, or it might have been C two E two. I can't remember. Okay. I saw. Things. I would still read a Batman Earth One number two. Yeah, I would too. I'd pick it up. Yeah, and I I really enjoyed the Superman ones. I like yeah. the Superman ones a lot more than I like the Batman ones. The Batman. I I would agree too. Was like, but I still... I got the origin. The origin is so good with the original stuff, and even with Earth Zero or not a Zero Year. Yeah, you know, I, I mean the origin is so good. Why do anything really weird? Yeah, or because that? it's Earth. They're just yeah, no. doing something different to do something different at that point. Yeah, and how do you know, do Batman's origin different? Make yeah. it a samurai suit, <laughs> like that he sees and is afraid of. What? I don't. He's afraid of samurais. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, do you wanna? Yeah, Paul. This Paul, what, this is you brought oh. this to the table. Did I buy this? Yeah, I think so. I hope I did because it's I'm, been in my basement. I'm pretty forever. sure. I think so. And I, I think I bought this originally with the very first time I bought uh, the Shanti. So remember when? That sounds about right. I think yeah. you bought this after you got the Shanti because you yeah, were like, right "Well, Shanti was so good. I will buy more things from Dogfish Head." Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's it. And uh, so if it wasn't the same day that I bought Shanti, it was definitely within the same month yeah. or same week. And this is uh, Dogfish Head Black and Blue, and uh, it is a malt beverage fermented with black raspberry and blueberry puree. And uh, when I hear malt beverage, I, I always kind of think that it'll be kind of stouty, you know, but it never is. This, I don't know why. I, I don't think. I don't think that about malt beverages. No, it's uh, definitely a... When, when I, because a when, malty beverage, you know, a malty oh, beer is a stout. See, yeah, here's the thing when with, I when I when I see that malt beverage, I think of like Colt Forty Five. Yeah, oh really? That's oh. where that's where I go to. I think like Colt Forty Five. Like it's that malt beverage. Like you're going into Seven Eleven and you're paying like two dollars to get like a forty. Like you're getting that old English. Like you're just because you just want to have something to drink quick. And I've really kind of rethought my stance on that after having the um um. Earthquake? We had the full sale ones, but then also the Ithaca. Ah, like their malt oh, beverage, like the old habit. habit. Like that's a malt beverage, but it's not just like a cheap beer. <laughs> like that's high in alcohol. Like it's not that, uh, like that earthquake, that but, dog bite but, malt but, beverage. They're not is, tearing the door off the frame. Yeah. This is a uh, 10% alcohol beverage. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a big boy, and I think. Not huge. With, with but that malt. Ten percent is still yeah, pretty still big. big. Yeah, it's but not. Like it's not twelve. It's not twelve. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, John. Yeah. We had a twelve percent today, and it was smooth as silk. silk. Um, Jinx. Owe me a coke. If you drank coke, you, I would you buy you a beverage. <laughs> um, are you a tilt? There is. This is a delicious beer. This I, I want to say that. And there's a lot going on with there's it. There's a lot of tart. It's, there's a lot it's of so sweet. much tart. It's a lot like a sour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay, very close it's like, to a sour. It's part sour, like almost part lambic. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, and then like malt beverage. It's like a, it's a, it's, it's a well mix of all three of those. But yeah, it's that sour that instead of making that pucker, right when you think you're going to get the pucker, you get the sweet. Yeah. It's, it, it, 
it's 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 a masterpiece of a beer. It, it smells really so is. delightful. It just berries. Berries on the nose. There, oh, did you again? Smell, did you hear that? Yes, yes, we did. Yeah, that's that's all you. It's such a sweet smell, and then when you get it, it's just that like crisp. Tartness. And you just keep going, John. I do. I do now. Now that I know that they can hear me smell it, you should be smelling it with me. It's a crisp tartness that covers up like that ten percent. Like I think that's why this is so smooth because you get that tart. It's that berry bite there on the back of the tongue. I would like this, like, I would like to try it chilled a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it would have even more of a refreshingness to it yeah. with it being chilled a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put this to go at the end cause I was like, we're working our way. You know way- what a malt beverage actually we're, means, apparently. We're I working, don't. we're working our way down that you don't want to drink this between your dark beers. I would want to split this with a dark beer, uh, maybe. Oh, that could be like well, a black I, and tan. Almost. Like a black and tan. Yeah, I, I was. I'd be willing to try that. <laughs> not with the. No, not, not with the cream. cream like we need something like. I almost said flatter, but you know what I mean. Like in yeah. just like in taste, like it's just neutral almost. Mm-hmm. Just something that's gonna we cream can, it we, up. We can take a look downstairs. Because we probably we do got... have some nitros down there. Oh, the left hand. Yeah, those have been down there for a while though. Oh. Those have been down there for, since your birthday, Paul. Yeah. It's almost it's, our birthday again, John. I know. <laughs> I, I really enjoy this. This um, is... I, but I'm going to cut you off, though. Go ahead. Say, I think if this was sort of colder than it is, you wouldn't get so much of that just, like, mellowness after that tart. I think you would just have, like, that tart cold and then that, that's I it. I don't know. Like, I, I, it's so well-balanced... And all, all I was saying is, with it being a little more chilled, it would have even more of a refreshingness to it. Mm-hmm. And not knowing what it's like, yeah. this is what it's like cold. I mean, what we should do is just chill it, start drinking it, see how it tastes, and then let it warm up and see how we like it even more. It's I a don't... cheap enough bottle of beer where I think we can just buy a new bottle and yeah, this yeah. Is the, the dogfish head bombers like this are not. They're not crazy. They're not. They're not. Yeah. You know, break the bank. You're like, you're like eight, nine bucks. Maybe yeah, exactly. For the end of our summer blowout, we instead of doing blah 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 beer, like we bad can, beers. We can do a play it against Sam, huh. where we can try beers that we kind of want to try. How do we invite our friends over to do play it against Sam's? Yeah. Beers that they've tried once before that they want to try again. We should That's just give them a is. list of beers and they should pick one off of it. Almost like a registry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should totally do a registry. Just get a gun and just go to one of our beers. <laughs> go to our premiere and just. We go through and we say, like, I'd like to try that again. Uh, Steve, you have to buy this tonight. Mm-hmm. I, I. Pretty much. I don't think I want this to be more refreshing. When I think refreshing, I want something. Like, um, the all-day IPA from Founders. Like, I want something that, like, I can just sit there and just drink it. I think... The 2 this, like, steam from... Yeah. Uh, Southern Tier. The Southern Tier one. This, I I like that tart. I like that little uh, bite to it. I don't want anything to take I away don't from think, that. I but don't think the coldness I, I think, would take away the tartness. I, 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 don't, I don't either. I think it would just, like, to me, it has this great flavors, but I think just being a little cooler... It would, it would be, thin things out. It, it would just be a little more refreshing. 
See, I want just, the same flavors, but I want like that coldness, that crispness to make it just like nope. Because then you're, you're going to be focusing on how like cold and crisp that is. Like, I like this tart. I like that. I like everything. I, I I I like everything about this beer right now. And to me, just you're going to fight on this. It's syrupy. To me, to me, it's a little syrupy here. I think. I mm. I think that's more just that lingering. Like sour on it, like that's what gives it that sour note. Like, okay. Where if you had told me this was a sour, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Mm-hmm. I think that just I don't think it has a syrupiness. That. Like maybe on the the end of the tongue, but it's that sour sweetness that it has. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's what's leading me to think think syrupy. And I think if it was colder, it wouldn't linger that way. We, I would still get that. Tartness, I would still get the sweetness taste, but the linger would be cut maybe in duration. Where see, I w- we're on opposite. I I don't okay. see that. Like I see, like I think the crispness would then hit, and it would like twist that aftertaste a little bit. You know how you get like a uh, uh, purple haze, and it's cold on tap, and it's raspberry, and it's cold, and it's like refreshing. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I see with the chillingness gives it just that little more refreshingness with that berry and the sour and the sweetness. Like it just has a little more refreshingness to it. Yeah. I, it, it right now, fly. room temperature, I think it's delicious, and I just think like that coolness makes it like, oh man, you guys are it like pops a little bit more I for understand. me. Chris and John, you guys are like twins right now. I, One wants to stay exactly where he is. Let the beer just be room temperature. The other wants to explore different options. Go see the world. Go see how it would taste if it was cold. Much like no, the twins that I, we I had. I wanted somehow to just foil your <laughs> the twins that Silver we Surfer. in Silver Surfer number one. Written by... Dan Slot, I'm totally worth forgetting. <laughs> and art by Mike Allred and Laura Allred on colors, right? Inks uh, and colors. I, I don't know on this one. She usually does yeah. do his colors. Yeah. Uh. So, but she's doing the art over on All New Dupe, so I don't know. But this is uh, the very Doctor Who series brought to us by All New Marvel Now. Which is all Doctor uh, Marvel now. It's all Doctor Who now. <laughs> Basically. Uh, we get a story of Silver Surfer uh, on a weird quest to save the Imperialix, which is the impossible city. And, and which seems very Doctor Who-ish. Uh, it's a city that can only be seen by those that aren't uh, cosmic heralds of Galactus. It, they make it so yeah. a, a, mm-hmm. a herald of Galactus would not be able to see it. And, and it's an impossible city. It's a city that can exist, but the it does. The luxury suites have their own moons. Exactly. And uh, and they're, they're caught in a crisis where they need somebody. They need a champion. To battle the... And they've tried many different champions previous to mm-hmm. finding the Silver Surfer. And, and then they say to motivate these champions, they pick out somebody, the most important person this that the, their champion will ever know in oh, order to fight. Wait, for. are we are we talking about the Goblet of Fire? 
pretty much the second quest of the Goblet of Fire. Oh, okay, thank you. Uh, but uh, not so much. And Silver Surfer's uh, motivator is this girl who lives in the sleepy town up in Massachusetts. So his companion? Yes. I thought it was in, wasn't it in Washington or Oregon? Washington, okay, maybe, yeah, Washington or Oregon, okay. Uh, and it's actually the, the first, the town that first put on a postcard that said, wish you were here. Now, if it is true, awesome bit of research <laughs> and trivia. If it isn't true, awesome <laughs> bit of a storytelling and imagination because it had to be true for some time. Right. You know, to put on a postcard first, wish you were here. And this one girl just wanted nothing more to just and she, stay. She makes a wish on the Silver Surfer. On the Silver Surfer. To when he first visits Earth. To be. To stay here. To to always have this. No, light. that everybody gets to have their wish come true on this shooting star. Oh, listen, I, it's been a month That's since yeah. I've, I've read and, it. And so she's so giving of herself. She is, you know, and she wants to stay in this town in order to make other people happy. And her sister wants to travel, and she does. She Mm -hmm. goes everywhere that she wants to. In order to bring people to her hometown to stay at this bed and breakfast that her sister and her dad are running. And she's there in order to make sure everybody that's on vacation has the best vacation they possibly can have. And the Silver Surfer... uh, you know, sees that she is, spoilers for the very last page, that she is the person that is going to be the most important person in his life, and he has yet to meet her. Yeah. And so the implications ensue from there and on, I guess, starting in issue two. And I... But how is this not read, Doctor Who? Reading, how is this not... Read, reading, this, reading this book... I'm still going to go back to your thoughts. No, okay. I'm I'm going to say like I I enjoy I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the art. I enjoyed Mike Allred's mm-hmm. Impossible City. I liked everything about this. Yeah, when it opens up because I read it on my uh tablet because I bought it and downloaded it on my tablet when you first get to that in, that impossible planet. It was kind of cool because you know, it was a little bit bigger than I would be on a phone and I'm like, okay, this is a full page impact for me. If it was on a phone, guided view, I think it would have lost a little something. Uh, and I enjoyed it. I liked every everything about it. I, I enjoyed the art. It didn't. Mike Allred's art didn't take me out of the book. Mm-hmm. I in, I think it it helped what this book was gonna be or how it was some going. Some things were timey wimey kind of mess. And like I enjoyed it, and it wasn't until a little bit later when I after I had read it. And I was talking to Chris about it, and he's like, oh, I heard it's really Doctor Who-y. Well, I, what oh. happened is... Wait, other people are saying? No, oh, of there course was, they are, there because was it a, is Doctor who There's a, like, five-page preview thing that was up on Comixology that the, you could read. The, the Infinity... Yeah, the, like, Comixology Infinity thing, where it's the Silver Surfer and that girl going to another planet to see the Cosmic Rays... Which isn't like the like the Northern Lights, but it's actually like stingrays that are different colors flying around. And I was like, "Oh, they're ripping off Doctor Who for this," and that like that's what I went into uh-huh. this expecting because it's 
the Silver Surfer being the doctor and then this random girl being his traveling companion. And I was like, okay. And then John, you were like, no, it's not like that at all. And then I read the book. I was like, well, no, we haven't gotten to that point yet. Like, yeah. that's what's going to be. That, that That's what's going to happen. And reading that first issue, it doesn't seem like it's setting it up to be that. And now that I know that it is... Seems like it is sending it. It seems yeah. like the Doctor well, because and Martha he needs episode. To, he needs to get to know the woman that's yeah. going to be the most important person. And, and you don't know you don't know that till the last page, where it just seems like Silver Surfer is. No, I'll be your champion. I'll I'll go fight this person. At that point, I'm like, man, he's totally Doctor Who right now. It, like right, the Impossible yeah. City. Right. Yeah. It just like man, these are wonky. Right. Like science fiction. <laughs> Doctor yeah. Whoian, Doctor Whovian kind of ideas. Like in yeah. things that are invisible to other people because they have to be invisible to them. Impossible cities, everything happening there. I'm like, this is his, this is Dan Slot doing his, doing it, a love letter to what has been I re- a great 10 years of Doctor Who. I was gonna say, I read it more like, he, he, it was more like, no, people like Doctor Who, I want to do that too. Yeah. Because this Silver Surfer doesn't read like the Silver Surfer. He just seems so like, no man, whatever. Like, yeah. okay, like, what? How, how, I haven't worked with Galactus in years. <laughs> it, it just seems so he's like, not as staunch. Shucksy. Yeah. 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 He's not staunch. He's not, but a stick in the mud. He's not, I, I didn't, he's not, I am power cosmic and to born he's, and to he's not, the, he's not the silver server, he's the doctor. And 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 here's the thing is I have like maybe out of my twenty years give or take years of buying comic books, mm-hmm. I have maybe one issue of an actual Silver Surfer comic book. Right. Like, I know him as the Herald of Galactus and him coming. I don't have those issues. I've never read those issues. I just know that history of that character. So when it came to this Silver Surfer book, I was just really open-minded to where it was going to go. And by the time I got to the end, and I just thought, cosmic book. I don't read Marvel Cosmic. Right. So when I got to the end, I was just like, okay, let's see where this goes. And it wasn't until Chris mentioned the Doctor Who stuff that I was like, okay, yeah, it is kind of Doctor. It is a kind of Doctor Who-y. I don't understand how you didn't make the connection right away because as I'm reading it, I'm like, wait a second. Well, this seems, this seems, uh, if you read, if you read DC cosmic stuff, they just have worlds pop up. They just have cities pop up. Um, what was the one where it was, it just came out? Uh, Keith Giffen was writing it. It was probably about a year ago where it's the Green Lantern who's kind of a defunct Green Lantern and he's on the TV show trying oh, to get away from everything. I, I'm trying to, I, I remember we read it. Yeah, I can't think of it, horrible. but it was something where I just said, Okay, this guy is on a world where this TV show is existing and he's being chased and he's being helped by these other contestants. Yeah. I just said, okay, this is it. This is what's happening. It's a marathon, man. Yeah. And when I got, when they got to this world, I just thought, oh, it's this crazy elaborate world. 
where is it going to take me? I didn't like overthink anything about this book where Chris, you had already had this notion of it being this Doctor Who over the top world. And Paul, you were in line enough to think, oh, this is very Doctor Who-y. Mm-hmm. Like, I just was totally open to this book. And it wasn't until when what? somebody pointed it out to me that I was like, okay, yeah, this is mm-hmm. super Doctor Who-y. I'm the same way with Silver Surfer. I think I've only owned, like, one Silver Surfer comic book in my entire life. But, but he re- shows up so often. But, I know, and that's the thing, though. Like, so I, I know I've read him, but reading this book, it doesn't read like the Silver Surfer. Yeah. He's so out of character that it just seemed weird. And then Mike Allred's art, like I said before, it's just so static and posed. Right away Even, when he, like, rekindles the tiny sun and he's like, oh, don't worship me. No. Whoa, whoa. You guys built those really fast. <laughs> those statues. Like, yeah. the very first couple page the first two pages quote-unquote like it's, yeah it but mike Alders, it's his yeah, art is like, so um, static and posed even when they have the panel of the girl sliding down the banister she's still just like posed at the bottom except her hair's flipped up in it when he's fighting like the protectors of the planet or whatever mm-hmm. they were i don't know their titles yeah. I feel like that should have been like just a cool battle where he's fighting against people with a power cosmic, but it's it's him just like I'm I'm standing here with my arms like stretched out. Like his artwork jumps off the page because of the colors. It's it's not actual like well done. I'm sorry. You, you've no, you don't like Mike. Or you, we talked about this yeah. like last week where you're not a big fan of Michael Red art or two weeks ago. Yeah. When we were talking about it, it's where you find him very static. It's very and not static. dynamic. It's very posed. There's nothing dynamic about that art. And the reason it jumps off the page is because everything is so vibrant in the coloring. You, like, if you look at one of those panels or pages and tell me why that artwork's great, try, try to convert me, please. Because yeah. it's. I, I don't think there's any way to convert you i think you know you have your mindset of what you like Mm -hmm. and i have what i like and i think paul takes something different away from that art that i take Mm -hmm. away it just catches certain people in certain way and i don't think you have to verbalize what it is that it does for you i think people have what they like and what they don't like Mm -hmm. and to me the colors pop, and when I was reading it, I was just like, hmm, Chris probably, from what we discussed previous to that, and it was pretty recently previous to that, mm-hmm. that I was just like, no, this probably won't be what he likes, but, like, those being posed or whatever, like, I don't know, you show me the art where the Silver Surfer is having a battle, and it's... Do you have it on your phone? No, I, no, I don't. Okay. But... I'm just saying is you show me another Silver Surfer battle that you think is better, I'll look at it, and I will open-mindedly say, okay, yes, that's better. Kirby. (laughs) But you don't like Kirby either. I was going to say probably any other Silver Surfer book. (laughs) Because Kirby's the guy that, you know, created Silver Surfer and him doing, you know. But Kirby's the man. Kirby was... What 
50 years ago, 60 yeah. years ago, 70 years ago, 60, like, probably in, in the 60s. 60s and 70s, so, yeah. You know, it's, I, I don't think there's different things that people take away from different art. And I, I don't, I didn't mind, I didn't mind any of this art. I yeah. enjoyed it. I enjoyed the flow. I liked it. When I look at the pages, I don't think, oh, that's a very static image. You know, not like an Alex Ross paint, you know. Alex Ross, I get more static imaging images from. And that's just how I view his art. It's very stiff and everything. Maybe if I came at, like, all rights art as viewing it as stiff and, and uh, kind of set pose, I, I think I, w- I could understand it. But so, for whatever reason, it doesn't click in my mind that way when I'm just when I'm in, interpreting it. I would say just look at a panel and try to get a sense of the motion in it. Okay. And I I don't think that you that you need to try to get us to view it any other way, and we don't need to get you to view it anyway. It's just kind of how it is. And I don't I don't want to defend my liking of Mike Allred's art, and I don't think you have to defend or put out there why you don't like it i think we should just be allowed to like what we like yeah yeah because i i think we just run around in circles for exactly the next it, hour it, 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 exactly and i don't feel that i need to justify why i like it mm-hmm. i do find his I, I do find the color palette and the range of <laughs> hairstyles to be a little lacking when my call rats heart came comes to play because it does seem like uh this girl that he introduces very much the same as uh, Miss Thang from, uh, or you know, FF. I, I can't even. I can't think of her name from uh, Mad Men. Yeah. yeah, you know, she's got a, she's and, got a ponytail yeah. and she's got a little swoop to it. And, and it's and it's kind of funny that, of course, you know, the two girls are twins. So you know, they're basically the same, and they're just wearing different dresses. And, and to me, like something that I stripes. is being a fan of Mike Allred's art, she's wearing Chuck T's, like. That just seems like very oh. Doctor Whoian. I understand. <laughs> Mad Deva Tenet. They you know, they had the Chuck T's in in Madman. So you know before oh. David Tennant. So it just when I saw that I was Madman. Madman. Oh, not in the television. show? Not in the television show. I'd maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't watch no, the show. No, I don't watch it either. But I never watched it either. Uh, it just seemed like it was more of a Mike Allred thing that that's his that would be his go-to shoe that she would be wearing but i i did enjoy this having it be a doctor whoian kind of book it didn't stop me from liking it or making me do you know who chuck taylor was wasn't he like a coach or something i don't know yeah he was a celebrity basketball player he was really good in college, and he basically became the spokesperson for Chuck Taylor for uh, you know, Converse the, Converse All Stars, and that was basically his career. He was basically the uh, so he had no arches in his feet. <laughs> he was basically he was the flat-footedest person ever. He was basically the uh, Harlem Globetrotters before the Harlem Globetrotters, where he would put on these like expeditions and everything with the. Sneakers and became the spokesperson for elementary school. I got Chuck T's and I got up for gym class. And then I ran around for like an afternoon in my gym class and was like, these shoes suck. Like hurt my feet. 
I didn't wear Chuck T's for years until oh. I got those tree torn that look like Chuck T's, but they're not. But I don't run around in those shoes. I like Chuck T's. I've always worn them. Like, oh, like Keds and Chuck T's I, were what I got as kit as a kid. I'm a like, Vans guy, and it's the same, yeah. same exact damn thing. Yeah. I have a pretty good arch when it comes to my foot, too. It's not like I... Are you running around in those shoes? Are you wearing them as gym shoes? Yeah, I would wear them in gym class, and I See, wear I them when I mow the lawn, and I used See, to wear them in college all the time when I was walking from class to class. Like, those were the only shoes I wore. Like, I during... Yeah. When I, we worked together, John, at uh, our gr- the grocery store chain, Wegmans. Uh, yeah. Those were the shoes that I wore. Okay. I still have a pair of them. I just like to me running around and with them like it hurt my it hurt my arches, never, and I wouldn't wear them on gym days. Never hurt my arches. I don't know. I've never like pointed to my arch of my foot and been like, I got a boo boo. I I just I'm remember like Archie. I just remember like running and feeling like a burning sensation in the middle oh. of my foot. Anyways, guys. You, you brought up the Chuck T stuff. I enjoy- You did! <laughs> you enjoy- Do you know where the Chuck T comes from? I just said it was very Mike already and- Yeah, well, I was uh, just wondering. I enjoyed this Chuck book. Chuck T, Chuck T. Who was Chuck Taylor? That's all I asked. I, I enjoy this book. I will probably pick up issue two. I, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. I want to see where it goes. I'm along for this ride. I'm along also. Chris is, Chris is not. I'm passing story and art just. I'm passing on Ghost Rider. Yeah. Power rankings! Ooh. So, what were the three books again? We got Silver, Silver Surfer, Surfer, Magneto, Ghost Rider. Ooh. Uh, so, I would, go ahead. Jack. I'd probably go Silver Surfer, Ghost Rider, Magneto. I will go Silver Surfer, Magneto, Ghost Rider. I will go Ghost Rider, Magneto, Silver Surfer. Okay. Beer rankings. Uh, there's way too many. Ill <laughs> Smith's the best. Yeah. L. Smith, yes, I'd say the, the black, black and blue, blue number two. Yeah. Uh, uh, then I go full sale because I I think the Bells mm-hmm. was just too far past. Yeah, if I could to be. drink the Bells I, fresh with you guys, maybe I would enjoy. It I would definitely, and really, when we bring this stuff, we're always like, oh, we should drink it next week, and then. We don't, but definitely Speedway Stout from Al Smith and the Dogfish Head. What is it? Black and blue? Uh-huh. Yeah. Definitely are things that need to be checked out. When I saw out. the black and blue, I thought it was a stout because malt beverage plus black. I thought, for whatever reason, I thought it was going to be stout. But if you just read the side where it's like <laughs> malt beverage with yeah, black Re- and raspberry and blackberry black and blueberries. Yeah. Blackberry and blueberry puree. Yeah. Buried up the wazoo. Yep. Uh, if you want to do a power ranking for our podcast, you can over at iTunes. Now, I might not enjoy my iTunes reviews, but I know John certainly does. And thank you to Texas Wingnut for uh, leaving us a ranking of reviews on iTunes. I, I was very proud of your review, and I shared it with my full family. I Full family? By, but yeah, my father and my mother and my sister. I, oh. I sent it to each one of them, they're, they're and they both were they they both all three of them very. My sister's always proud of me because I'm a damn good kid. Uh, <laughs> but my parents are like, "Oh, that's good." I I don't think my dad still is like really responded to it, but my mom gave me a bullshit answer. 
that's nice. Hey, so we read those and we thank you. So thank you, Texas Wingnut, for leaving us a rating and a review. Uh, if you want to contact us in other ways, you can always do that by sending us a tweet at Board. Find us over on the Facebook. We enjoy when you guys who do listen to us like us over there. We actually have. We little, like when anyone likes us. We we have little conversations like, did you see somebody liked us? Yeah, I think they're from Ohio. We're at 102. If we could get to 200, we beat 100. Yeah, yeah. We, we've been over 100 for a while, for a couple months now. Hey, high five to everybody. Yeah, yeah, to all 100 of you that have liked us. Hey, 102. 102. Well, I was, you know, subtracting three of us here. I I don't like us. I know, that's why I subtracted the three of us that are here. Yeah, but it's still 102 without us. I think I liked us. Oh. See? See? No, I probably well, subtract liked us. me. So, so there's still 100. Yeah. Oh, fuck, you're right. Thank you. Why would you like your own podcast? That's like giving yourself a nickname. Just because. Paul likes to go by Pops. But you're... The- <laughs> You're already listening. Gramps. What was it, Gramps? As Advis. Really? It's just old man. Anything old man is Paul's nickname. Old man. I'm an old man. Did you see you have to go potty? Are you a baby? I've had to pee for a while. I just held it in. I was a grown-up about it. I go to the bathroom Uh, like four times an episode. I haven't yet. No, I had to go like three times during this show. I haven't gone once. So and then drink a lot of water find before the show. Our pictures of with the episode <laughs> over at Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Are you done? But thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And uh, uh, Texas Wignut, thank you again for your uh, submission. Uh, <laughs> listening. Three things. Um, okay, one. One, we, Chris and I were talking about doing like uh, oh, yeah. another writer thing, you know, like how we just did, you know, we pick a book for them, um, and we thought maybe in a oh uh, another uh, like uh, they were, I knew them back when they were cool, kind, kind of, of or, but uh, like something like um, we were thinking like you take take somebody like um, Brian K. Vaughn, mm-hmm. think about an artist you'd want him to work with, and then a book for those two to be on. Oh. Just as like a like a show idea for a couple months from now. Hmm. Um, uh, the other thing I was thinking is we haven't done a thing where we create a team in a while, okay. or create a book uh-huh. with a with a team kind of thing, yeah. which would be a good idea for down the road. <clears throat> and then Chris had mentioned about doing like almost like a, a not episode of like a riff track to like a movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not a riff track, but, but more like a commentary, a bag of board commentary, commentary, and then uh, and then we started listening to like one of our old shows, and I said, well, we should do a bag board commentary for our first episode. Do we have it? Or the first episode? Scott Scott said he's got them all. all right. Well, we would have to check that out with Scott. Yeah, yeah. but I thought that'd be kind of fun. Would be kind of fun. Um, because it's always fun to listen back and hear something and then be like, nope, we are way wrong with that. Or, yeah. or like in the look forward for the year 2010, the movie Paul was most looking forward to was The Last Airbender. Yep. <laughs> How wrong was I? 
Also, like on our Christmas, one of our Christmas. You know what? Specials. That's the last time I went to the movies. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. know. We, we, it broke we me. Discussed it. It broke me. <laughs> like, what was the last time we went to the movie? Do you know the last movie you and I went to together? What what movie was that? Green Lantern. Oh, that movie broke me. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Captain America yet? Not yet. I've seen it twice. <sighs> Very excited about it. I still haven't seen Thor: The Dark World, and I own it on DVD. I, was, I own it on Blu-ray. You, you own it. Yeah. We should wrap this up early. We can watch. Yeah, maybe. The same. We probably won't. Probably won't wrap it up early. We can watch that. I want to watch the one shot. Awesome. With uh, what's his name? Ben Kingsley. Oh, the uh, thing. His movie kind yeah, of thing. Uh, from. Was like Man in Charge. Man. Something the King. Hail to the King. Something like that. Yeah. Something. Something like that. Are we guys ready? Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Just putting those ideas out because I, I thought they would be fun. These fun little things that would be p- basically pretty easy to do. Listeners, yeah. if you're excited about any of those ideas, email us at contact at bigboardcast.com. Or record- comment us on the Facebook right after this episode gets posted because, you know, then we know you listen till the complete end. Even after I put in a pause between the end end of the show and this end of the show.